Hi, everyone. Welcome to Hallmark Movie Drafts, where our three guest panelists this month are all Hallmark movie enthusiasts and deck the Hallmark podcast double-deckers who love to rate, rank, and debate all things Hallmark movies related. Today, they'll be working with and against one another to create the definitive singular list of the 10 best Hallmark movies starring fan favorite Brennan Elliott. He's an actor and producer, having executive produced several Hallmark movies. Um, be sure to check out his impressive um, filmography on IMDb because it goes far beyond the Hallmark world and includes episodic TV series, appearances, feature films, and entries that just may surprise you if you're only familiar with his Hallmark work, like the fact that um, he makes an appearance in a Chucky horror movie with one of the best death kill scenes I have ever seen. I don't know. Um, and y'all, I have a big surprise for you. Um, at the end of the draft, Brennan's actually going to be joining the fun, and he's going to chat with us and chime in with his reactions to the final list. So no pressure on the players, right? Seriously, he's a great person. What's not to love? He's super talented, super authentic, and genuinely kind. So with that said, um, I'm Lynn, your host, and with me is my co-host, Aaron Beth. And joining today as guest co-host is another Brennan Elliott super fan, Tracy. Yay, Tracy. Tracy, you are so wonderful about posting photos from your Christmas con adventures. There's actually a photo of you with Brennan on the Hallmark Movie Drafts IG. What's your first reaction when you see Brennan at one of these things? What's he like? First of all, super handsome. Just, <laughs> wow. Like, uh, yeah. So like, almost like, whoa, hey there. Um, and, uh, but when you get to talk with him, hey, everybody's giggling, but it's true. He's very, very handsome. And then, um, but once you get over that and just start chatting with him, like you were saying in your intro, he is just the nicest, sweetest, most down to earth um, person. Like you could just sit, stand there or sit there or have conversation with him for a long time. He's just, there's no pretense. There's no, um, nothing like hey look at all this stuff that i've done he's just a really cool chill dude so yeah i was listening to um some of the um chats that he's had with the guys with bran and dan over the years there's like four or five interviews that he's done with them and in it he mentions that he had never done a christmas con before and i think that the one that you met him at was maybe his first was maybe his first one uh might have been it was the one not this past summer, but the summer, the summer before. Yeah, like yeah, was here in L.A. because so it was, I guess, close close to home for me. And I think he's in the L.A. He's area, so it's a little bit of an easier for him. But yeah, that's where I first met. Yeah. Cool. So, Aaron Beth, when did you first become a Brennan Elliott fan? You know, I I like bad guy Brennan from Cedar <laughs> Cove. <laughs> I really I mean I I really like this character in in that show and I love the series um as it is but uh that was probably like the when I really started being a huge Brennan fan was during that and like he just plays a really good bad guy but he yeah. also plays a really good you know heartthrob you just want that guy to give you a big hug kind of character too so very versatile I'll watch him in anything yeah, pretty much the same over here. So listeners, once again, Death the Hallmark podcast producer extraordinaire and Hallmark Movie Drafts official mixologist Aaron Shea 
has created some fabulous Brennan Elliott Hallmark movie theme bevies for us all to enjoy. Um, there's one called The Perfect Pairing. There's Love You Like Champagne, Cocktails at Grand Valley, and Mocktail of My Heart. You'll find all the recipes and photos of the drinks on the Hallmark Movie Drafts Instagram. So be sure to check them out. Let's get to introduce today's panelists. They're all Brennan Elliott super fans. They've had several months to put together their own personal top 10 lists of Brennan Elliott movies out of the 22 that he's been the lead in as of this recording. They've ranked them 10th best to number one, their absolute favorite, and they're going to battle it out to get as many of their own personal favorites as possible onto the final list, ideally in the same position they have them ranked in on their own list. Just as you know, the Smack Talk started in this panel chat group six months ago, so I have no idea what's going to happen today. I just know that Cece is probably going to be at the root of all of it if she holds true to form. Everyone is laughing and agreeing. Yeah. And if you could um, see her screen name today, it says Cece, the harbinger of doom. So will she play with love? I don't know, but I will ask her when we get first up for our panelists. The first double decker is um, Hillary. Listeners, Hillary, you will remember from the Way Home edition back in May, where she revealed a color-coded spreadsheet for her ranking system that was unlike anything I'd ever seen before. So Hillary, today, do you have a color-coded spreadsheet for me to see? I do. It's nothing nearly as colored as the previous one you mentioned, but yeah, to help guide some last minute decisions or targeted vetoes today, I have added some color to my full <laughs> ranking one to 22. I'm glad. I'm so glad it's going to be a, um, a colorful assault, I'm sure. Also, your reaction when you learned that Brennan would be joining us today was um, priceless. Are you feeling any extra pressure with your personal picks? Um, a little bit, yeah. I really have come to appreciate him so much more after watching him for many hours. So I'd like him to feel good about what we do today. Um, and that means I think the group needs to just follow my lead. So yeah, some pressure, <laughs> pressure there. Okay, so everyone just um, agree with everything that Hillary throws out for her picks and everything will be fine. No bloodshed, no worries. Perfect. Our next panelist is Amy. Amy, welcome. I'm so excited that you're joining this draft and you're a, you're a first time drafter. And I paired you with these two specifically because their two playing styles are very different from one another. And I'm really curious to see your playing style because I think you're probably going to shake some things up and maybe, <laughs> maybe be the dark horse for the winner. We never know. How are you feeling today? I might be. I don't know. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm good. I'm definitely nervous, but I love Hillary and Cece. We, I feel comforted with my friends here. I feel like we are in this together. So that is really helping. Like I don't, I know we're competing, but I also feel like the love. So that's helping me. <clears throat> I love it. Arabeth, I love it when everybody says this at the beginning of the show, right? Everyone is like, yes. oh, I love these guys. You put me with my friends. We all love one another. And then the gloves come off and somewhere around pick number three, it just all hell breaks loose and the love leaves the room. But it's all in good fun. We haven't ruined a relationship yet. So I'm sure it'll be, I'm sure it'll be fine. So was it hard for you to put together your your, your list of 10, Amy? Or did you have a pretty easy time ranking them? It wasn't hard 
picking which ones were going to be in the 10, actually, that part was easy. It's just hard to put them in the right order. So I had like my first watch of the movies, I had this list and it was just a no or a star for top 10 or bottom 12. Uh, and uh, so that part actually was like easy, but it is hard to put them in the right order. Well, I'm looking we'll forward see. to seeing uh, seeing what happens today. And if you're just going to, um, you know, cave to Hillary and her wishes for domination, <laughs> we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. And our third and final panelist is Cece. Listeners, um, Cece made her first drafting appearance in the Luke McFarlane draft way back in November of 2022, where she unleashed a hilarious and unforgettable love rant about all things welding and hardware store related for um, Luke McFarlane's movie, A Valentine's Match. So Cece, for this draft, I'm guessing that you might have some goat love to share if any of the All of My Heart movies come up for discussion. Um, I always have goat love to share, no matter if we're talking about All of My Heart or just Beekman 1802 skincare products. I just love goats in general. So <laughs> goat yoga. I'll go to goat yoga with anyone who asks. I'm into goats. I'm into animals in general, but goats, yes. You are into animals. And I've done goat yoga. We talked about that off offline. Oh. And as some double deckers um may uh know when Panda was doing the double decker of the week, he actually uh, my business as a double decker is um, I am the founder and CEO of U-Haul, E-W-E Hall. So <laughs> I'm here for the goats as well. Let's um, start shifting into gameplay mode. If this is your first time listening, you might want to pause here and listen to the Hallmark Movie Drafts intro show first. That's where we go over the rules in more depth. They talk about the format of the game, how vetoes work, or just keep listening and you can likely pick it up pretty quickly. Eligibility for this draft is pretty straightforward. The movies had to premiere on Hallmark or Hallmark Movies and Mysteries channel and must feature Brennan as the key lead. However, we are not going to include the Cedar Cove series in this draft. And that's because um, with 31 episodes in that series, it would really be impossible to select individual shows. So this means that as of this recording, there are 22 eligible Hallmark movies for the draft and you can find that eligibility list on the Hallmark Movie Drafts Instagram. Drafting positions, let's talk about them. There are three today, A, B, and C. Drafter C picks positions 10, 7, and 3 on the list, and they get one veto card and one veto override card. Drafter B picks positions 9, 6, 4, and 2 on the list. Drafter B only gets one veto card because this position gets four picks instead of three, and therefore has more uh, chances to get your personal movie choice onto the list than anyone else. And drafter A picks positions eight, five, and number one on the list. They get one veto card and one bonus veto. So this position gets to pick the number one movie and gets an additional veto card to use. So um, there's a lot of power in, in uh, drafter A position. And let's remember that CC is coming into the match. Yes, she's raising her hand. What, what? She's coming into the match with a leftover veto from the Luke McFarlane draft. So she will have an extra veto to use in addition to whatever vetoes come with the drafting position that she ends up with. How do we decide who gets to be drafter A, B, or C? 
that's where Tracy and Aaron Beth come in. They're going to test your knowledge with a round of Brennan Elliott related trivia questions. And the first person to answer one question correctly gets to choose whether they want to be drafter A, B, or C. The second person to answer the next question correctly gets to choose theirs from the remaining two and so on. Just keep in mind that if you win the trivia round, you are also going to be the first person in to declare whether or not you want to use your veto um, against someone's pick. So it's a double-edged sword to be, to be the winner there. There's a lot of strategy. Um, so good luck to everybody. And Aaron, Beth, and Tracy, take it away. All right. Well, Tracy and I worked hard on the trivia and making sure that it was um, extra difficult for everyone today. Aaron, <laughs> that's more than me. I'll just say that. <laughs> but to uh, start out here, I just want to remind you all of the rules. Rule number one, you cannot answer until I have finished asking the question. No jumping in before I have finished speaking. Number two, as soon as I finish asking the question, just shout out your answer. Number three, I will tell you if your answer is right or wrong. If you're wrong, you cannot guess again until the other two drafters have made a guess. And number four, if I have given a hint or a clue, then anyone can answer, even if you just answered correctly. Any questions on the rules? Perfect. Well, then I'm going to let Tracy take it away with question number one. All right. Drafters ready? Are you unmuted? Make sure you're unmuted. Just right. We don't want that to be a thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Question number one. What is the name of Brennan's winery in the perfect pairing? Hollingsbrook Winery. Cece got that. Very good. So Cece, you need to start thinking about which um, position you want to be in, A, B, or C. And I will go ahead with question number two for Hillary and Amy. Um, in Christmas in Vienna, in which city does Brendan's character agree to take a new job? <laughs> and Tokyo. In silence, they're looking. What'd you say, Amy? I said Tokyo. No, it's not Tokyo. Do you want to take a guess? Her? No. <laughs> I'm trying to think of it. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that is that. The correct answer was Zurich. Tracy, go ahead with uh, question number three. Okay. Question number three. In Open by Christmas, Lennon's character slides a card into what textbook? Chemistry. No, that is not correct. Amy, do you want to try? I mean, it's it's a subject in school. Yeah. Calculus. Calculus. Very That's good. The that's the one. We, we even had a math book option in case that you no one could get it. Very I'm good. I'm a math person. Yay! <laughs> good and job. The question was asked by a math teacher. I love it. I love it. This was great, you guys. And um, I'm sorry, listeners, that you couldn't see the facial expressions throughout the trivia round because <laughs> they were hilarious. I think some people were praying. Other people were choking. Someone looked like their head was going to explode but you did really, really well. So um, Cece, you won the trivia round. Which drafting position would you like to have? A, B, or C? Um, so I'll have three vetoes if I do A? If Is you do A, you will have three legitimate vetoes. Yes. I'll go A. Wow. I was gonna go B, I was gonna go B, but. I'm going to go A for the veto because there are some things I just don't want on the list. Okay. Well, if you did B, you would have two vetoes instead of one. And you would have four picks. But I have three vetoes this way, right? 
you have three vetoes. You going for it? The Harbinger of Doom has spoken. Cece is going to be drafting. Good thing Dan's not playing this one. A, I know, my <laughs> God. <laughs> so Amy, you are next up. Would you like to be drafter B or would you like to be uh, drafter C? I will be drafter B, please. Amy is going to go for drafter B. Well, she will have four picks instead of just three and she will have one veto. And that leaves Hillary who wants... List domination, she will have three picks as drafter C and she'll have veto and a veto override card, which can get very tricky. So we will go over that if and when it comes into play. Before uh, before Hillary sends me her pick for number 10, let me just um, also state that Tracy and um, Aaron Beth and I have a host side hustle. So the three of us have exchanged our personal top 10 lists and um, at the end of the game, we will compare notes to see which one of us has as more titles on our list that match the ones that you guys actually come up with. We get bragging rights, and that's just about all we get. But it's an awful lot of fun for, for us. And usually we are dead wrong. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Okay, go ahead and message me in the chat your pick for number 10. I sent it over. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Hillary has sent a movie from 2015. It stars Danny as it stars Brennan as Danny. Lacey is Kristen. It was directed by Mariah Carey, and she co-stars in this as well as an evil snooty PTA mom. Kathy Najimy is in it as Aunt Sarah. This is a Christmas melody. And Lacey is a single mom and fashion designer who returns with her daughter, Emily, to Silver Falls, Ohio. Brennan is Danny, the music teacher who has had a crush on Kristen since high school. You can guess what happens, but honestly, listeners, along the way, there is a major product placement for Folgers Coffee. There's lots of close-ups of Mariah Carey in I Swear It's Soft Focus. And there's a big musical number at the end that features um, Fina Straza. That's Emily, the daughter. And Fina Straza, if you don't know her, she was 10 when she made this movie. But she recently starred in an Amazon Prime um, time travel sci-fi series for two years called Paper Girls, which is really good. It's kind of like Stranger Things, but not really. It's about a group of girls who have a paper route in 1998 and time travel to 2019 and meet their future selves. So it's not really for kids, but I wanted to mention that. Um, so I'm glad this movie came up for play. It's an interesting choice. Hillary, tell us why you love it for number 10. It is an interesting choice, perhaps. Um, was it in my top 10 when I did my initial ranking? No. Was it <laughs> something that I really debated about today? Yes. Um, this is not a movie, again, it didn't come up in my top 10 when I was ranking. It was more like high, middle, middle teens. But as I was looking back at kind of the representation of my top 10 and kind of when I think about Hallmark movies that stick out in kind of the pantheon overall, the experience of a Christmas, Christmas melody is one that is hard to forget for a lot of the reasons that Lynn already shared. Um, I think this is a great vehicle for Brennan to look like he's in love pretty consistently for an hour and 20 minutes. Um, and to do that while surrounded by complete chaos of everything else. So again, maybe not like it's one I felt like was owed a shot to be in the top 10 simply because of the experience and the uniqueness of what it offered. Um, it's bonkers. 
And that is why I put it forward. It's bonkers. It is bonkers. And you know what? Um, if you if you get a chance to um, double deckers, if you get a chance to go through and search for the um, for the lunch meetings and interviews that Brennan has done with Bran and Dan, um, he talks about this movie and things that happened on the set, and it's hilarious. So it's um, great, great pick, great pick. Cece, what do you think of? A Christmas Melody at number 10. Are you going to use a veto? Are you going to let it slide? How are you feeling? I'm absolutely not going to use a veto. And here's why. It was much higher on my list. And I actually was concerned that this was a movie of mine that was going to get vetoed by y'all. So let it go. Amy, don't veto it. Uh, <laughs> but I have, well, I have a lot of notes. First of all, if you don't love Oh Santa, that song is a freaking banger it's a it bop. is so good um there's some there's some choices pearls with a velour tracksuit <laughs> maya is just she, kathy najimi her character reminds me so much of myself she's like very me and so like every scene in the diner i'm just like yes she's she's the bad she's a badass um there was a lot of self-tanner in this movie uh very orange people happening on Christmas morning. Is there anything else I want under the tree besides Brennan and Elliot holding a dog? No, <laughs> that's it. That's the peak. Like Christmas morning scene is like, we're in love. I'm in plaid. It's not a shirt, Jack, but it's a plaid shirt. I'm holding a dog. Like it's just so good. I like them. I love the movie. I love when she says when they're sitting on the piano bench and she's, He's like, in high school, you didn't see me or something like that. And she's like, I see you now. And the chemistry in that moment on the piano bench is great. I actually really like this movie. So no veto for me. No veto for you. Great, great points. And actually, I um, I actually have in my notes that Kathy and Jimmy reminds me of my dear friend, Cece. My dear friend, Cece. So if you didn't say it, I was going to say it. So there it is. Okay, so, so far, so good. Um, Amy, you're next up. What do you think of A Christmas Melody at number 10? You going to let it slide? Um, this, uh, I am going to let it fly. Uh, it is my 22nd movie. <laughs> I hate this movie. <laughs> um, I knew it. It's my bottom. Um, but I only have one veto. So... It's like number 10, like bottom of the list and bottom of my list, you know, if it had been any higher, um, I would have had to go for it, but I, I only have one veto. Um, Mariah Carey, God bless her heart, is so excruciating, like, it's not funny. It's like the movie comes to a halt. It's like whenever she's on it, it's just like time stands still and we, nothing is happening. And I'm just like. Why did they let this happen? Um, the soft focus. So it's sort of like there's one movie and then there's Mariah Carey's movie. And it's appalling. I also don't like a single, I am a single parent. So I don't like single parent movies when the kids are like really wanting the people to get together and sort of invested. And I did, that's my cat. Um, anyways, it felt a little bit like two Brennan's like, really getting close to the daughter as a music teacher. It's weird vibes for me. So anyways, number 22, but I'm going to, with the Christmas spirit, 
let you all have that at number 10 because I have bigger fish to cry. Okay. Also, I didn't mention Lacey is so good in this. Like, I thought that Lacey was great. So, sorry, I just need a shout out. One of many shout outs to Lacey, I'm sure. I think that's, I think that's great. Okay, so we have A Christmas Melody locked in at number 10. Um, so for the number ninth pick, Amy, go ahead and DM me your pick. And while she's doing that, Tracy, what do you think of A Christmas Melody? I'm with Amy. It was at the bottom of my list. Um, I think it was, I mean, Brennan and Lacey, of course, were great. And I love Catherine and Jimmy, but I just can't get over Mariah Carey. I think because she directed it, she tried every time she was in it, it was like, look at me, which is exactly what she is. She's a diva, right? So, I mean, in all ways. So it's just, I can't, I'm like Amy, I just couldn't get over that part of it. If I'm comparing it to all the other Brennan movies that we're looking at, it was at the bottom for me. And that's why I was like, woof. Like I said, I love all the other characters in it, but man, I just can't get past, just couldn't get past it. It's good to it's good to be the um it's good to be the director. I had a, I had a friend that worked, worked for her too for a while in New York. So I yeah, there some, you go. I have there some stories go. off. Okay. I have Amy's first pick ever in the history of Hallmark movie drafts. She has chosen a movie from 2017 where Brennan is Julian Walker. Maggie Lawson is Charlotte Lacey. Charlotte Lacey is a struggling actor who auditions for the lead role as Scrooge in a theater production of A Christmas Carol. And spoiler alert, gets it. There's the added cliche of the theater being at risk of closing. Um, Maggie Lawson, some of us love from Psych. I know we've got some Psych fans here. So Amy, tell us why you have chosen um, this movie for your number nine pick. Okay, so I think that this movie is crazy. Um, but I think it's crazy in mostly a fun way. I am a theater person, so I love anything where we're like putting on a play and we're auditioning and even if everything to do with it makes no sense. Um, I like that they apparently like rewrote in three days um, an entire script. I like that they're like brainstorming. There's some real crazy things there. Um, I, I like Maggie Lawson. I love Psych. Um, I basically, my first gut gut instinct with this was this is a crazy bananas movie but i love brennan in it so since this is a brennan draft um i had to put it on my list pretty far down but i do love him in it um there's a lot of wait what <laughs> um but i don't know it's very christmasy it's so silly um it's fun to talk about it's fun to watch with someone and kind of be like what's happening here anyways that's that's where i'm at christmas encore Good reasoning. Good reasoning. Um, Cece, Harbinger of Doom, how do you feel about Christmas Encore at number nine? Um, it was my number 11. So I don't really care that much that it gets on the list. I just, I can't even remember the fake, the faux woman's name for Ebenezer Scrooge. It's like Edwina Stooge or whatever. It's like, I hated every time they said it. I cringed. I also don't care for Maggie Lawson. Not a fan. Uh, but I think Brendan is great in it. Uh, it's one of those times where, like, often they discussed with Brennan um, on the podcast how he really de delves into a character and makes every character different. And you don't ever feel like he's playing the same guy over and over. He definitely 
like if you've you know been in theater like he definitely feels like a theater dude um he has some like like flamboyance a little bit not like too much over the edge because hallmark would shit their pants but um yeah he's he's definitely like got big theater vibes and you know it was okay it was originally in my top 10 today it came, it went moved to 11 and i moved a different movie in after i watched the first 30 minutes of that other movie again so you know it's neither here nor there for me but it would have been okay. like if something of mine gotten vetoed, I probably would have used it. And so I'd rather have it here on the list than higher on the list if I got vetoed. So I'm cool. Right. So it's cool with it's cool with the Harbinger of Doom. How about how about you, Hillary? Do you have Christmas Encore as number nine on your list so that she's agreeing with you unilaterally? Um, I do not. Um, <laughs> this is one that was in my like red highlight closer to the bottom for me. Um just kind of meh um I felt like um I felt like Brennan had a lot more chemistry with other leads than he did in this one like that was the thing that was really like the biggest notice to me and like in my look at my various notes um but I have a feeling things are going to get more contentious as we go and like I'll deal with this at nine that's fine I'm going to save my veto for I'm sure future use but yeah it was just I wouldn't have put it up this high no I'm flashing back to uh, the way home, 10 most memorable moments um, where similar words were said and what happened. But we but we move on. We move on. We have Christmas Encore locked in at number nine. That was Amy's uh, very first pick in the draft. And now we are going to go to Cece to send me her, her pick for number eight. And while she's doing that, Erin Beth, what do you what do you think of a Christmas encore? What do you think of their chemistry? I thought their chemistry was kind of meh, like Hillary was saying, but I liked Brennan in the role. Christmas encore is also number nine on my list, so that's a great place to put it. Um, I love Brennan in this movie. I, it's it you know it's exactly that. I like Brennan in this movie, and this is a Brennan Elliott draft, and it is one of my obviously top 10 favorite characters that I think he plays so um and it's a good movie and I will tell you the truth the entire until I rewatched it I thought Christine Taylor played opposite of him not Maggie Lasser <laughs> and the movie started and I was like is this the same movie I'm thinking <laughs> are you one of these people who also confuse Kevin Smith with Brennan Elliott no, I do not do that. But I do know someone that does. So. We, we will not discuss that on air. <laughs> but okay. All right. Well, guys, you're like flying through this. So um, we have A Christmas Melody at 10, Christmas Encore at number nine. And Cece has sent me her pick for number eight. It is a movie from... 2021, Brennan is Derek Marshall. Allison Sweeney is Nikki Beaton. It is open by Christmas. Can I just tell you, my personal list as a host is doomed so far with this draft. I, I, I surrender right now to Tracy and Aaron Bev. When Nikki, Nikki, that's Allison. When Nikki finds an unopened Christmas card from a high school secret admirer, she and her best friend, Simone, played by Erica Durant's, Search to find and thank the anonymous author. Brennan um, Brennan is Derek Marshall. He's the romantic lead. Um, there are a lot of Easter eggs in this movie. 
the Best Buds Flower Shop is a nod to Brennan Elliott's Flower Shop Mystery Series that he starred in with Brooke Shields. The boxes that Allison Sweeney carries have labels that are similar to the bakery shop in the Murder, She Baked um, Mystery Series that she stars in. So there's a lot of little things for the for the fans, for both of the leads in it. Um, and I think that's all I can say about Open by Christmas, CC Harbinger of Doom. Why did you choose this for number eight? Why do you love it? Okay, so this is a movie that um, where the interplay comes in between like, am I picking the movie because I love Brennan in the movie or I love his performance in the movie or am I picking the movie because I love the movie? And I actually do like this movie a lot. I probably watched it like 10 times since it came out. Um, I really love Erica Durance. And I feel like her character, her storyline is so like, I'm so sympathetic to it. I don't know why, because I don't have a teenage son, but um, I just, I think because of like just my family dynamics and growing up and moving out and having to move back in and take care of my dad and just like all the family dynamics of that, like mom and letting go of her child and stuff. So like very little about this movie that I picked it for was Brennan. So it was more the movie as a whole. Although I do like him in this movie because he rarely plays a guy that like lacks some confidence or is uh, kind of like afraid to talk to the girl or to let the girl know how he feels. Um, so I kind of, and just in general in Hallmark, there aren't a lot of like leading male characters who are kind of like that. So um, I do like him in this role. For me, this was more about like, it's a Brennan Elliott movie, but I picked it because I like the movie. Because um, I know he's not, I mean, he is like one of the top two build care people, I think. Maybe, maybe not. This might be the one where he's like, and Brennan Elliott or something, but um. He's the romantic lead, but he doesn't. Yeah. Um, in the chat that he does with Bran and Dan, he talks about how he's barely in the he's yeah. barely in the movie, but tries to and make I it love, count when he's there. I love bubble lights. They talk about bubble lights in this movie. They also talk about tamales and pozole being like um, holiday food, which is cool as a half Latino who eats tamales on Christmas Eve every year. So, yeah. I just, I like it. I expect it to get vetoed by one of you hooligans. <laughs> we'll see. I'm going to let it ride though. We'll, we'll see. Well, um, I think she's referring to you first and foremost, Amy, because you're first step in the veto order in this case. What do you think of Open by Christmas that Cece has played? Um, I actually love this movie. Um, I actually have it higher up. But uh, believe it or not, but I know, look at Lynn, but um, I am going to leave it here because it's, I'm not going to veto, use my one veto to move it higher. That's silly. Um, I love this movie. I, I did not think it, there, there was a handful that I actually put off weight, I put off watching because I assumed I was not going to like it. We can talk about some of those. This included that. I, in general, Allison Sweeney, I am a um, Days of Our Lives fan from watching with my grandmother. So I love her in a deep way, but I don't love her always as a Hallmark lead. I kind of like her more as a secondary lead. She doesn't always have great chemistry. I don't think they had the best chemistry, but it was okay. I just, I loved the mom story. I found it very moving. Um, I loved the feeling of Christmas. I loved that house that the mom couldn't wait to get out of. I was like, I love that. <laughs> That's the coziest house I've ever seen. 
Um, I actually really believed Allison Sweeney as like a formally, I think that storyline made a lot of sense. I could imagine her character in high school being really uptight. I thought it was so precious that he like admired her. It wasn't the sexy thing, like you were beautiful. He was like, you're a wonderful person. Anyways, I, I liked it. I was surprised. I watched it with my mom at the end. We were both like, okay, I liked that. So I will leave it there, even though I think it even deserves time. Oh, Amy, Amy's a fan. She's going to leave it there at number eight. What about you, Hillary? I'm looking at your I'm looking at your goats background from um, the All of My Heart movies, and there's no goats in this. That's true. Time. I don't recall. Don't recall any goats. Really a shame for the entire industry. Yeah, just about um, everything else. But right. Didn't have goats. right. Um, this was not my top 10. It was kind of a few spots further down, but it is one that I really liked when it came out and have also watched like since it premiered. Was really thinking about the number of spots we have left when we were getting the the descriptions for rationale just now. I'm gonna let this one go by. Um, I think we might be close to needing to fight though, because we are running out of spots and I don't really understand where everybody, I don't, I don't know what to predict coming next. And I have some things I feel passionately about. So, um, yeah, I'm going to let this one, I do think it's a good movie, but I agree. There wasn't as much Brennan as I think maybe it's deserved of things on this top 10 list. I could have definitely used a little more Brennan. Hillary is still playing with love. She's going to let it slide. So that leads us to the number um, seven pick, which which Hillary is going to send to me in a second. And while she's doing that, um, maybe I'm the odd man out that just didn't like this movie, didn't have it on my list. Doesn't matter that I can tip my hand here. Um, Tracy, how do you, how do you feel? About uh, it, it was right in the middle for me. I think I know everybody's been talking about, well, I like Brendan in it. It's a Brendan draft. I will just come out and say I like Brennan in every single movie that we watched. So I had to like there was nothing that I didn't like about him in any of these movies. So I definitely had to just go based on do I like this movie like better than the other ones? Because while I was watching it, I was like, there's got there's got to be something like, you know, everybody has, you know, maybe there's one that can slip below. No, I just loved him in all of them. So um, so this one was kind of like the middle of the road because we didn't get a whole lot of him but um yeah it's like right now but i don't know i think um i'm with you on this one i don't think i think you still might beat me lynn because yeah this is not looking good for me i have um i have hillary's uh pick for number seven and before i read it i, I will just say that my good friend aaron beth um when she sent me her list when tracy and and Aaron Beth sent me their list for their personal top tens for our competition. I do I do look at those. And I texted Aaron Beth and shamed her about this movie being on her list, where it appeared. And I am the one with egg on my face because there you go. So I'm glad there's no I'm glad there's no prizes. Like, at, at I really here. like this movie. <laughs> no. Just no. But that's okay. To each his own, and it's all good. We do not pick shame here on Hallmark Movie Drafts. <laughs> anyway, so Hillary has submitted a movie from 2018 uh, for her for the number seven slot. It uh, Brennan is Leo, and Danica McKellar is Kelly. Um, burned out from the hubbub of the Chicago art gallery world, artist Kelly 
returns home to picturesque Grand Valley just in time for Christmas. She's hoping to spend that time um, in her hometown, and she's hoping that it will reignite her love for art and guide her down her next path. Um, she crosses paths with um, Leo, who is a great dad and to his kids, and he's a businessman, but he's struggling to balance his time uh, during this holiday season. And he's reviewed, he's assigned to review um, the hotel at Grand Valley for its for its value. And he sees this as a perfect opportunity for his uh, Christmas family vacation. And it isn't long until Kelly and Leo's worlds collide. Hillary, why do you love Christmas at Grand Valley at number seven? I should start by saying I was shocked that this was my top 10. Um, I was go went into watching it being like, I don't, I didn't remember liking it a ton. Like I, I didn't rem have a memory of liking it a bunch. And I don't know if it was just when I was watching it, like the number of things I had watched before it or what, but I like was really vibing <laughs> with it. Um, felt like the love story and the chemistry with Danica and Brennan was really good. Like it was just, it felt it just was giving me all the positive feelings that I wanted out of the movie when I was watching it. Um, and felt like Brendan was really showing up as like fully believable as somebody who had a lot of feelings and like was bringing those into hard decisions while also thinking about his family at the same time. So I don't know, appreciated it, was shocked that I picked it or put it in my top 10, but it made sense to me there at number seven. Okay, so Christmas at Grand Valley makes sense to Hillary at number seven. Cece, does it make sense to you at number seven? Um, it makes no sense to me at all on any list ever in history, so that will be vetoed. Uh, <laughs> I hate this movie. It's a freaking snooze fest. I can't, I can't stand Danica McKellar. So, like, if you're ever having a Danica McKellar drop, I'm not your girl, because zeros to all of them. Uh, no, not on my list. Not on her list you know she's i mean it's on my list why but i think i understand Down at the why <laughs> okay off it comes so Cece has used one of her three vetoes she still has two vetoes left and hillary um you can send me your next best pick that you think for number seven and just as a reminder um, even though it's been vetoed christmas at grand valley is not out of play it can come back higher up on the list anyone can choose to play it if they want to see it there okay so um to so just keep that in mind okay i have hillary's pick for her replacement pick for number seven it is a movie from 2017 um, Brennan Elliott plays Brian Howell. Lacey is Jenny. This is All of My Heart in Love. It's the second in the three movie series that aired between, um, premiered between 2015 and 2018. In this one, Brian and Jenny are preparing for the big opening of their bed and breakfast, Emily's Country Inn, when a huge storm hits Bucks County. Um, return to Wall Street to boost their funds while Jenny scrambles to keep the opening on time. Like they're legitimately like becoming better friends throughout the movie. Um, and so I like that or throughout the whole series. Uh, I found it slightly insulting that somebody who's devoted their life to a blog about bed and breakfasts would like change their mind simply because Tommy walked in. 
like she was about to give it a bad review and then Tommy walked in she's like hi like I find that whole I love Tommy and I don't even know Denise is what I have written down but I think that's her fake name um I love them together in the end in the third movie but like I feel like that whole like breathless like hi I can't fend for myself I need more outlets oh I'm going to change my whole opinion of this place based on this tall drink of water, which I might do, but I'm I was me. just going to use that phrase because he literally <laughs> is a tall drink of he water. He is. And I kind of want to know like how tall that guy is because Brendan's, from my seeing him in person, he is kind of on the shorter end. So I feel like, is this guy really that tall? But if he played Colossus, then he probably is Yeah, he plays, he plays Colossus if you watch the X-Men, if you watch the um, X-Men. Their All little right. dance scene at the like, whatever, like the the thing where the mechanic is playing with his band. I think that's this one. Um, mm -hmm. They have like a dance scene where like the power goes out, but they just continue to dance. That scene really means a lot to me for some reason. I was like, I've never been to a country dance in a barn, but now I want to go. The, the, the ensemble is really good with the like, there's a part, a scene in this one where um they're fighting because he keeps going to New York and she's like I need you here to support me but they're like all in the same room at breakfast and there's like palpable like cringe like awkward stuff that like everybody in that scene is responsible for kind of like a different way to react in a cringy way that I really love like some people are trying to kind of like play it off some people just want to like exit the like get out of this situation so I just liked I thought it was really good. I thought all three movies were really good, like ensembles. This one is a little like shocking if you watch all three in a row because it's a very different house. Uh, they suddenly have a cordless phone, not a rotary phone. Like everything is different. The town is completely different. It's like, all right, so you didn't go back to the same location, but it just was like, I watched them right in a row. So I was like, what? But they still had goats. and that, that's They had goats. The goats look totally different than the first goats. And then the third movie's goats looked more like the first goat but whatever well goat stand-ins happen you know there's there's goat rules with um, <laughs> i'm sure with the unions there are union goat rules I'm i was gonna say maybe the goats were on strike <laughs> it could be a goat strike amy um what do you think of all of my heart in love at number seven that's okay with me i had it lower this movie really stressed me out like big time uh, I love the franchise, but this particular one, the tension, the back and forth, I feel like it was very triggering from things that's happened in my own life um, that we don't need to go into on a public podcast. But I, yeah, too triggering for me, but I'll leave it. They love it. I love the franchise. I love Jenny and Brian. It's all good. Okay. We won't discuss this any further. We will just say all of my love, all of my heart in love um, at number seven has been locked in. That was Hillary's. Hillary's pick and Amy, it is going to be up to you to send me your pick for number six. When when Brennan was interviewed by Mario Lopez on um, E! about them, he said they would continue to make these movies until they ran out of goats. So um, <laughs> I'm thinking in, you know, all of my heart, oh baby, it should be coming, you know, like we need another one. <laughs> We do. People love these. I love, love these it. Movies. I think that's that is so funny. Until the goats, until we run out of goats. Like I said, goat stand-ins happen, or soft focus goats might help. Someone get Mariah on the phone. Soft focus goats could help. Okay. 
All right, so I have Amy's pick for number six. Um, just a quick recap, we have A Christmas Melody at 10, Christmas Encore at nine, Open by Christmas at eight, we've just locked in All of My Heart in Love at number seven. And Amy has put forward a movie from, movie from 2009, Bonkers Fun, especially when the kids are just like terrorizing their, terrorizing their nannies. I'm a big, um, I'm a big Vanessa Marcel fan. I will watch her in anything. She's made a couple of Hallmark movies that are some of my favorites um, that are equally crazy and bonkers. So I applaud your pick for the, the Nanny Express and you'll see where it appears on my personal list. But for now, we go to the harbinger of doom. Cece, what do you think of the Nanny Express at number six? Do you love this movie? What are you thinking? Um, this was the movie that earlier today was number 11 on my list and I moved to number 10. So I'm cool with it. Um, I the same way Amy is a big fan of Alice and Sweeney from watching Days of Our Lives for years. I'm a big Vanessa Marcel fan from Brenda from General Hospital for years. Um, I just really love her. I don't know. I think she's like an underrated actress. I know like I kind of got mad when I listened back to the Brennan podcasts um, with the boys. I think one of them was just like Vanessa Marcel. There's a name. <laughs> And I was just like, yo, do you watch General Hospital? Because she is a hell of an actress. She's great. Um, I think she, uh, this movie, I'm wondering if this is the one that Amy had told me there was a movie she was afraid I was going to veto because I hated some of the characters. I'm wondering if she thought I was going to veto this because I hate those children because I do hate <laughs> that girl. Um, she was very punchable, but that means she's a very good actress at the same time. Like if you want to punch someone in the face, they're a good actor or they're just a really terrible person in general and they're just being themselves. I don't know which it is for her, but let's give her the benefit of the doubt. Um, I also just in general kind of hate the plot of like, well, we're privileged kids who are privileged enough to like be able to pay for a nanny and we're going to make this working class person's life a living hell. That offends me as a working class person, but I set that aside for the love of Brennan. And there's <laughs> one scene where I just couldn't stop laughing because they try to do this like, hipstery like 2009 like messy situation with Brennan's hair and there's one part where it's like the back was just sticking up like bedhead so I got some laughs from the hair um I wrote spring for a better tux next time with a lot of exclamation points because he had on a tuxedo at one point that looked like it was made from polyester and I was very offended at that but you know what are you gonna do it was Hallmark in 2000 and whatever Okay. I don't have a religious themed movie, but I felt like this sprinkled it in enough that it wasn't like overwhelming that if you aren't Christian, like you would want to turn it off. That is in my notes too, which I am Christian, but I'm just saying like, sometimes they go real heavy handed in these movies. And uh, this one, I felt like it was just right. So I think this is the perfect time to maybe pause for a second and reflect uh, as we did with Taylor Cole, Brennan's hairstyles and Brennan's hair in the different movies. Yes. So Hillary is raising the room. Hillary has a lot to she, say about has, his hair. She and she's scared to say it because she thinks he's going to hear it. 
So Hillary, I will lead the way, okay? I have often made the remark that I think that Brennan Elliott is an incredibly handsome man, not just a talented actor. He's, you know, easy on the eyes, but OMG, Hallmark, stop shellacking this guy's hair to his head because natural Brennan is is authentic Brennan. Or or dying it. So or so dying it. Yes. Later movies. The, the more time goes on, the better his hair looks. Cause it's like, they're letting, God forbid someone in their forties have a little gray hair. They're letting it find its natural curl. I mean, I am most offended when they do this thing with him. That's like, it, it's almost like a Christmas. There's like little plumes that come out. Yeah. I or the, I walked into a wall, the, 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 the yeah. bangs straight up. He has, that... he has really good hair. Like he, he has, has hair. Awesome. has a face. Like he has a really good hairline. He has a, you know, like he has really good hair and maybe they're just now letting him do his hair. Like, I wonder if he's just like, can I show up on set? Can I just be I've me? I've done my hair, yeah. don't touch yeah. it. But um, as time goes on, it's just like, oh, it's getting better. It's getting better. It, yeah, definitely. Hillary, what are your thoughts, Hillary? Yeah, I, it's funny. I tried mostly to watch these chronologically in order of like when they were released. It, and then when I like would watch something out of order, I was like, what? I like got lost in his like, hair chronology um yeah I kept referring to it as hair fluff but like various stages of fluff and like depending on the amount of product being used that meant something very different as you all just described so yeah I agree like they were just trying to control it too much and make it something it didn't need to be like really early on so I'm I'm glad that they've stopped doing that a little bit but it's yeah it's always something I would notice because it always looked very different depending on like what year it was (laughs) that the movie was made I saw hair chronology live oh my god just talk about banger group see what i did there okay <laughs> all right tracy weigh in on on brennan's hair everybody needs to have their thoughts what are you thinking um yeah i you guys are you're hitting the nail on the head it's like it and it is a chronology of back in 2009 all the way up till up till now it's one of those i think they're just trying to make him look too much like um kids hair yeah like not all of us are 22 like what's the in thing for like young 20 somethings to have their hair look like and he's not he's a very distinguished now especially now he's not a child he's not a man child he's not a man child um bring us home in the hair chronology discussion as we're objectifying brennan Who will see us? Who will see all there of our hair? There are some hairstyles that I see him in, and I'm like, "What were they thinking?" But I will tell you, um, the uh, gift of peace comes to mind. That letting that gray come through for this forty-something uh, person. Yeah, smoking <laughs> bread, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Lo- loving that. <laughs> exactly. Okay, I've completely lost track. Did we lock in the Nanny Express? No, we did not. Okay, <laughs> Hillary has thoughts. I know, I can tell. Hillary has thoughts. Okay, <laughs> we Hillary. did not. Um, it was not my eleven or six or whatever. It was my number twenty-one. Um, I did not. I it felt very old Hallmark, which is what it is. Like two thousand nine was a very long time ago. That was a whole other set of ways these movies were made and the feel that they were. Um. I thought that Brennan just wasn't 
nothing a lot of things that happened didn't feel earned to me in the way that he engaged with his his like co-star and that really bothered me I was like why is he acting all mopey like nothing is I just didn't buy it too much of the time and so I wasn't I, I just didn't buy it, so I didn't like it. Um, and, like, that's not the first time that's happened in any of these movies, you know. It really just depends on the material they're given. But just there are lots of things that I liked a lot more than this, obviously, based on where it was. The bonkers I could have maybe forgiven if I would like, bought more about the lead storyline. And I don't – I'm going to veto it. I'm going to use my veto. It's It's out. I know. I'm really, it's just so hard. I don't have a lot of pick, but I, I just don't think I can have this there. I think there's many more that have uh, the, the belong in our remaining spots. Okay. Well, Hillary has vetoed the Nanny Express at number six. Um, it just removes it from that position. Anyone can play it again if they choose to further up the ladder. So Amy, I need you to send me uh, another pick for the number six position. All right. Which she has already done. So Amy has chosen a movie from 2019. Brennan is Jake. Autumn Reeser is Tia. Chris Russell, talk about a tall drink of water, is in this as well. Um, Brennan is an executive producer on this film too. So Tia is an associate at a law firm where she works with her dad and before starting her next big case. She heads off to San Francisco to help her aunt and uncle with a legal matter about their new business venture, converting a vintage yacht, the Pacific Yellowfin, into a floating restaurant for dinner cruises. But little does she know that they've hired her ex-boyfriend, Jake, as the executive chef. Sorry, Amy. I know this is three times. Now you got to do another one. But like, I okay. hate it. Unless somebody wants to override me. I don't. But like, it's my number 22. I hate it more than Grand Valley. So. Okay, so Cece has used her second veto to uh, veto all summer long, which could come back again if someone chooses to play it. So the handsome hot chef is off the list at the sixth position. And Amy is going to try again with another pick for number six. This is Shades of Shannon W. I'm going to break into a sweat in a minute. <laughs> Just to clarify, not using my veto override, like I'm didn't this was near my bottom as well. So was it really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So Amy is concentrating. And while she's doing that, let me just do a recap. We have at 10 the Christmas Melody, at nine, Christmas Encore, at eight, open by Christmas, at seven, all of my heart in love. And at number six, Amy has offered up a movie from 2022 where Brennan is Luke Walker, Amanda Shaw is Abby Foster. Abby is <laughs> Look at her face. Sorry, go on. Oh my God. We have we have um we have Hillary covering her face. We have Cece the Harbinger of Doom just throwing her head back in her chair, covering her head and shaking it from side to side. Um this is merry-go-round. Abby is a successful executive moving to Paris and planning to marry Edward, who is played by Zach Santiago. Life is perfect until she learns her divorce um, to her high school sweetheart, Luke, played by Brennan, is not exactly official. Can I just tell you, Amy, I love this movie. I love Thanks this much. movie. So, it's probably just uh, you and me. It's okay. Tell, yeah, you and I. Thank you. 
goodness, we live relatively close to each other on the East Coast, just a couple of states away. Um, tell us why you love this movie for number six. So I am well aware that basically every double-decker hates this movie. Um, I am a little confused why it gets so much hate. I understand people hate the mother character. I understand, but she has a fiance and they're, I, I understand it also, like there can be lots of rants. I like this movie. I think a lot of times movies speak to maybe something you've been through. And so if you had a high school sweetheart and you understand what that feels like, I think they played that really well. Um, I think he looks great in this movie. I think this is his like best style. It's his best hair. Um, the way he walks around like a painter, the way he walks into the store, he's so like embodied in his body. He's so, um, he's just there. People thought it was lack. I'm sort of like, I don't know what to say because I don't want to go so hard on a movie that people hate. It's not that fun um, to then have people be like, it's atrocious, but I like it. Um, I, I do. That's all I'm going to say. Great pick. And I, good reasoning. Uh, yeah, so we'll leave yeah. it there. Great pick, good reasonings. You know, my, one of my favorite tropes is the one that I drafted in, which is the fake relationship and parallel with that is also, uh, I forgot I was married or I forgot to get a divorce or something. To me, it's, I don't take it seriously. So it's, it's to me, it's just this fluffy sort of whatever. That's what I typically enjoy Hallmark movies for, fluffy sort of whatevers. And, you know, you take the big sads and you take the more serious stuff as well. So we have that. Okay, Cece, you are first up. You have one veto left. So I like this movie a lot when it was called Sweet Home Alabama and starred Reese Witherspoon because it's the identical movie. And it's so stupid that they just remade that movie with other people. And like Amanda Schill's like nails on a chalkboard to me. It was very hard to like even watch it. Uh, but I'm not going to veto it because I'm going to save my last veto. But like this was... Sweet Home Alabama. It's just Sweet Home Alabama. It's like a like low rent Sweet Home Alabama, with like a better looking guy but a worse looking girl. And she's no Reese Witherspoon. I getcha. Okay, Hillary, it's it's safe so far. What do you say? Well, yeah, I don't I don't have any. I can't do anything. My veto is gone. But oh, that's um, right. Your veto's gone. Yeah, I was looking back at my notes from like the live watch of this one. And like my culminating note was like, I really like Amanda and Brennan, but like they need different content than than this. I don't know. Yeah, I it's my number 22. I I rewatching it was hard for me. Um I know, I know, which is surprising. I don't know. I don't know why. I just I just really didn't a lot of it is I just feel confused I don't even care I have I'm not someone who's like my feelings are hurt because someone doesn't like a movie I don't see it I actually read everyone's comments back and I remember I didn't watch it with the group I watched it on my own and I do think that can sometimes influence my feeling because when I'm in the like group commenting I, I'm like yeah this sucks I hate it um I don't know I don't know it's I'm more like puzzled I'm trying to see what other people are seeing and I don't I I genuinely feel like chemistry and I was moved. <laughs> I was like moved by it. But anyways, Cece's right. It's definitely a redo. Um, anyways, thanks guys. I guess it's staying there. Sorry. It's staying there at number six. Don't I, be I sorry. You. Don't be don't be sorry. Stand by your picks. This is this is, you know, great, great dialogue. Okay, Cece, send me your pick for um number five. So Cece has sent me a movie from 2022 where Brennan is Michael 
Nazim contractor is Christina. It is the perfect pairing. And the tagline for this movie was sit back and fall in love. I think it should have said and hit fall and hit your head and then fall in love is what it should have said, in my opinion. So Michael is the owner of a winery that specializes in ice wines while touring the winery in winter. A food critic slips and falls, hitting her head, losing her memory temporarily. Spoiler alert, she panned the winery in the past, which led to a severe downturn in its business. And as she recovers at the winery, she discovers her true heart's desire and forms a romance with Michael. Will she lose it all when her identity comes to light? Cece, what happens? Will she lose it all when her identity comes to light? Why do you like a perfect pairing at number five? There's so many reasons I like this movie. Um, I actually probably rewatched this the most, like in this draft, because I usually try to watch everything at least twice. But um, sometimes like in the past couple months, I've just been like, I'm just bored. Let's watch that again. Um, there's a lot of things I like. First, like right away, I love a ethnically appropriate mother, uh, not just a woman with some tanner on, you know, they're talking about things that are like relevant to Indian people and cooking. And uh, I liked that. I don't know why I said that. I don't totally understand. Like, I get it why the dad is so hesitant to let him make the ice wine. But like, you're already growing the grapes and they're already about to be frozen. So just like, stop arguing about it. Aside from that, like just too many kind of like arguments about, and like you already have this room where you're like pumping this cold air into like all the time, like you're already waste wasting the money on the ice wine, like just do it. I felt like this is a movie where like you really get a glimpse into what kind of dad maybe Brennan is because his relationship with the daughter was just really warm and it really like touched me more than like most of the like parent-child relationships in Hallmark movies. I just felt like it was really cute. I have retrograde amnesia, baby, in all caps. I think Nazneen Contractor is starting to become like one of my favorites. Like I'm actually seeking out things that she's in besides Hallmark movies because I just think she's a really good actress. I find her beautiful, radiant. Oh, I do have this written down. I hold no ill will towards a stranger that I don't know trying to make their way in the world as a hairstylist. But the one in on this movie should never work on a film again. Everyone's hair is bad, 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 as Dan would say. It is at an awkward growing out stage for Brennan, and he just looks like he has terrible bedhead throughout the whole movie. Um, and then I put, wow, they sprung for the new Radical song. You get what you give. There was a big woo moment at the end that I feel like was kind of maybe something that... Uh, Brennan said they did that in one take because it was so cold out and like the wind was so bad that their stuff was blowing over. So they just had one take and then he's like, or whatever. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that wasn't in script. He just did that. Like, let's get out of this cold air. I also found it interesting when I listened to the um, interviews about it, how they were making this during COVID and had to stop and go back and finish the movie like months later. So I thought, you know, I can't tell the difference between the parts that were pre and post. Um, I think the like boyfriend was just the right amount of like douchey that like he wasn't a jerk and you like didn't like hate him as a boyfriend, but also you're like didn't care that he got dumped. Sometimes like 
I feel bad for the person getting dumped or left behind, but he's like just douchey enough that you're like, well, that's cool. You didn't do anything wrong, but you're also not the best boyfriend ever. Yes, we all know that that Brennan drives a convertible in this movie in the middle of winter in uh, upstate New York. But um, what I noticed in rewatching, and I don't always rewatch the movies if I still have a good sense of, you know, direction and stuff. But what I noticed in rewatching this movie is that scene where he discovers who she is and she's standing there with her boyfriend as he gets into the convertible and backs it out he hits the button to put the convertible top up as he drives away like top down is only for romance top up I'm going home and I'm over you that was like hilarious to me so I'm glad this movie um was offered up as a pick option let's see if Amy is going to let it stay at number five what do you think Amy a perfect pairing um I don't like this movie I don't like this movie I actually thought I was gonna love this movie because I think a lot of people had so this is one that I went into being like I saved it for a night that I wanted something and I was going to really like and I just did I didn't like it and I almost don't have good reasons I think it's sort of just like I didn't enjoy it I did not like their romance I did not understand so much of why he wasn't allowed to make ice wine um I don't know why she was being held captive and couldn't get medical attention for her amnesia um it kind of like left me left me cold um it just I, I didn't feel I didn't feel anything but I don't have anything really funny to say about it other than just it didn't really quit so I am going to veto it because it was low it was low low down for me um, Amy is using her yeah. one veto to veto a perfect pairing at number five I don't know Amy kind of calling someone like a hostage is kind of reason enough not to like a movie I don't think you're entirely wrong. I'm a very like anxious medical person. So if someone fell on my thing, I'd be like, 911. I wouldn't be like, come into my anyway. oh, That's hilarious. Okay, Cece, I need another one for number five, please. Let's see where we go from here. So just as a quick recap, we have A Christmas Melody at 10, Christmas Encore at 9, Open by Christmas at 8. At 7 is All of My Heart in Love. At 6 is uh, merry-go-round and at five we're going to try to place a movie from 2020 it stars brennan elliott as mark olson sarah drew is jess it is christmas in vienna jess is a concert vienist whose heart just isn't in it anymore she goes to vienna for a performance and while there she finds the inspiration that she has been missing and a new love. Um, this movie was uh, eligible for our filmed on location draft. Uh, it was made in Austria and it ended up being ranked sixth on the final list for, for that draft, which was back in October of um, 2022. And actually Tracy, our guest co-host was one of the drafters for that. Tell us why you like um, Christmas in Vienna, Cece. Um, I actually don't like this movie that much, <laughs> to be honest. But it's mostly the Christmas feels that's bringing it like up this high for me because I do feel like of all the Hallmark Christmas movies, it is one of the most like Christmassy and just beautiful, like the Christmas aspects of it. I really hate her best friend in it. Um 
and I feel like she is I effing that the the assistant in a way that's inappropriate for a Hallmark movie sometimes when she's looking at him. Um, but I like the kids. I don't really I like. I'm just kind of using this because it's it's one of my like at this level alternate. Like it was lower on my list, but there's things up above this that I don't want to use right now. But this was a little bit so. One scene I do really think is cheesy and Matt was laughing at me when I was like, after I watched it, I called him and it's like the scene when they, you know, they have these like meet cutes where they don't know who each other is. And then when they like meet each other in his like palatial home and he like turns in his like library or office or whatever, <laughs> it's like a very like a uh, theme song, like Full House, like everywhere you look. It's like, he turns around, he's got my cardigan. He's like, hi. And it's just like very cheesy. And I also think he's kind of a jerk towards the end of the movie. Like I don't really care for their misunderstanding. At the end of the day, I'm playing it here because I don't want to play anything that's lower or higher on my list. Good reasoning. Um, now that you have pointed out that scene, I will never be able to think of it in any other way so i hate you and i love you at the same time for that <laughs> um amy what are your thoughts christmas in vienna you do not have a veto left but do you want to weigh in just briefly on what you what you think about this movie as a choice i think i feel very similar to cc about it i it wasn't on my top 10 but i i don't i just i didn't like him his character in it so he's yeah. super hot and cold to the point of like are you a sociopath? He'd be like, it, it was weird. Not Brennan, but um, his character. Uh, and he was kind of a weird dad. Like he wouldn't ask his kids their opinion on anything before moving them to Zurich. I learned in the trivia. Anyways, um, it's fine. It's fine. It's very Christmassy. And I like on location. Well, it's definitely locked in at number five because um, Cece is the only one left with a veto. She played this movie. Hillary, you just have a veto override. So unless Cece plays a veto, that's not going to do you any good in, in this match. But um, while, uh, while Amy's sending me her number four pick, please, do you have any thoughts on Christmas in Vienna? I had a couple spots higher. I really like this movie. I just wanted the ones I've liked since... Um... I've like watched it several times. I don't know. Yeah, I like the background. I really like Sarah Drew. I yeah, I, I completely agree with the commentary about the character his character as being kind of hot and cold and kind of like a lot of like reactions that aren't appropriate, but I don't know. Just the romance kind of covered that up for me. <laughs> yeah. It's you know, it was filmed on location. Vienna is like the movie to me, kind of, and um there's just that. So I have Amy's pick for number four. Let's see how this goes. It is a movie from 2020. Brennan Elliott is uh, Lieutenant Logan O'Connor. Lacey is Tess. It is the third in the Crossword Mystery series. It's called Abra Cadaver, probably one of the best names ever for a mystery movie. Um, this one is when a magic act turns out to be murder. Crossword puzzle editor Tess Harper is on the case to find the real killer along with uh, Lieutenant Logan, who is Brennan Elliott. So Amy, tell us why you like um, Crossword Mysteries Abracadabra at number four. So um, I really liked the whole series. Um, I, I found it difficult 
to choose one. I'm CCC making faces that I chose this one. Um, I, <laughs> I chose this one because, so anyways, I, I love all the crossword. I, I thought it'd be a little boring to put them all on the top five. That's kind of why I didn't. If I were, I think I could have easily done that. They were probably the ones, I love a mystery. Um, I just love a mystery. So I say they were my favorite thing that I watched of all of them, just to put that out there. I found them really enjoyable. Um, I love Lacey and Brennan together. And I think by the third movie they had found there, he's a little stiff in the first one. He's like warming up to his character. Um, by the third, it was clear, okay, we're interested in each other. We don't get a kiss, which is a little controversial that I put here because we had to wait for that kiss. But um, I there were times I was genuinely like, my heart was beating a little. She's like going through with her little her little outfit and her high heels going through the heels of this magic castle. And they're like, I loved when they were locked down together in the basement, you know, and there's like, um, I thought it was good. I thought it kept me on my toes and it's just a good series. So I, it had, to, there had to be somewhere. Um, this was a, probably a little bit lower on my list, but I, I think it's pretty. Cece, you were the only one left in the game with a veto. Is this going to stay at number four? What do you say? Yeah, I'm not going to use a veto on this because uh, I just want the, one of the crossword mysteries to be in here because um, I like all of them. My favorite one is Real Me Dead, probably because of the kiss, but also because I'm obsessed with Jeopardy and I've tried to get on Jeopardy a bunch of times. And I'm like, that was me and my dad's thing was to watch Jeopardy every night. So I really love the fifth one. But um, I just like the cross. I the crossword mysteries were how well I started with the mysteries when I started watching everything for this draft, and I don't generally even watch the mysteries at all, so I had never seen any of them. Um, so wait, you had um, never seen this series before? No, I had never watched any like of the mystery series. I might have watched like one or two of them here or there, but I'd never seen any of the crossword mysteries because I was always like, this sounds stupid, like a crossword puzzle, like helping people figure out like this sounds ridiculous but I love uh I ended up really I hated the flower shop mysteries I loved the crossword mysteries um because I also like uh what is that actor's name he's on their little crossword team um where am I crossword? I don't know I know Cardi Wong. Cardi Wong Oh yeah, Cardi Wong. Yep. Yeah, love him and everything he does, everything he does in Hallmark. I wish he had like bigger roles. Um, just like kind of how we all feel about Antonio is how I feel about him. Like give him some leading man stuff. I'm good with it because I don't know what the heck y'all are going to play for the next two. <laughs> so we agree about anything. So I'm going to say, right. you know. <laughs> All right. Well, Crossword Mysteries Abracadaver is locked in at number four because Hillary only has a veto override. So, Hillary, if you send me your pick for number three. Yes, gang, we're at number three. If you want to also chime in on what you think of Abracadaver while you send me your pick, feel free to do so. Yeah, like I said, it was the first time I this was the first time I'd also seen the Crossword Mysteries. Um I had a hard time figuring out like my priority order for them as well. Um, I feel like they weren't together enough in it. Like I wish they had their, their characters had more time together, but I really liked the time that they were together. Okay. Hillary's pick for number three, she has chosen a movie from 2016 where Brennan is Kevin Tyler. Bonnie Somerville is Maddie Duncan. It's Love You Like Christmas. Maddie, a high-powered marketing executive, is on her way to a client's wedding, but her plans are derailed by car trouble. 
And when a fork in the road leads her to Christmas Valley, Ohio, she meets Kevin Brennan, who's a widower with a daughter and owns a Christmas tree farm, which, of course, is failing. It's fallen on hard times due to a natural disaster. This unexpected encounter, along with being befriended by strangers who make her feel like family, start to make Chris Christmas Valley feel like home and have her questioning whether she's what she's really been missing in life. And a reindeer makes an appearance. I think that's important to note. So tell us why you like Love You Like Christmas in this key position at number three, Hillary. It's, I mean, I feel like all the ones I put down ones that I've offered or ones that made me just like feel really good. And this one just made me feel really light and like things were pretty. I thought the relationship and chemistry between those two was just so like, yeah, it just, it just felt very light. Um, lots of really great long eye contact between the two of them. Um, I think that's just something I noticed after doing a bunch of the mysteries and then I would like pop into a Christmas one was like, oh yeah, like we spend so much time on the romance and the Christmas ones, obviously, because we're not like doing these, this mystery business the whole time. Um, we had some fluffy hair from Brennan. I don't know. I just, I felt like the energy was good. It felt very positive. I felt very good on the other side of it. It was ridiculous as many of these are, but I had watched it before and liked it. And then I still liked it this time. So I think- I don't know what's going to happen for one and two. And it sounds like I'd like some, some of the mysteries that other people didn't like. So I think this one may be better received at this, this position. Perhaps we shall see. Good hair on Brennan, reindeer. And I do love the trope about, you know what? That car part, it's going to take a while. Again and again and again. If we learn nothing in our Hallmark handbook, it's, you know, don't break down in a small town. CC. What are you thinking about Love You Like Christmas at number three? You are the only one left with a veto. Again, I'm not going to use my veto. Am I going to win this draft numbers wise? Hell no, because this was like 15 for me. I can't stand the female lead. Again, like Amanda Schulk, nails on a chalkboard for me. Uh, she's not sympathetic to me. I can't, I just can't stand her. She's like, a lot like whenever it's like a a big business woman gets stuck in a small a high paced woman from the city gets stuck in a small town and they can't let go and just like deal with what they're facing i just hate i hate people like that in my real life i would like hate her so like i was totally unsympathetic don't think she deserves brennan elliott or his daughter or whatever else was happening in that town because i can't even remember because i hate the movie so much i only watched it once um, but I'm going to let it go because I'm far more scared of what Amy's going to pick at number two, since I clearly have totally different tastes than these two human beings. So I'm just going to let go. I'm going to assume that I've lost this draft. It's fine. You I never know. I don't think any of us won this draft. And y'all better play what you want to play at number two, because I still have number one and nobody has a veto. And I'm just saying... I know. If you're I very don't think I won't player. let me play something, I will. <laughs> Hillary, <laughs> the, the Hillary, Hillary I love that. I love that so, movie, Hillary. So. so Amy loves the Amy loves the movie. Um Hillary can't stop it either, even though she, she played it since Cece didn't since Cece didn't stop it. So let's move on to the number two pick because the suspense is killing me. Amy, send it on over. This is Amy's final pick. You got it. You got it. On the <laughs> no list. Gonna be. 
Amy has chosen a movie from 2022. It stars Brennan as Michael, Nikki Deloche as Tracy. It is The Gift of Peace. And the tag, oh my gosh, I can't tell by these reactions. CC is, CC is being CC, and Hillary will not even look at the camera head on and is covering her face. Okay. So the tagline for this movie was Faith keeps every promise our heart makes. Um, after her husband's death, longtime devoted Christian Tracy stops believing, and on her second Christmas without him, she visits a support group in search of comfort and inspiration. There are a lot of poignant uh, moments in this movie. She connects with Brennan, who leads the, um, the support group, um, and I think I'm just going to leave it at that, because I do have thoughts on the movie, but I will save them. So, Amy... Tell us why you like The Gift of Peace at number two. Um, this was, I did not know where to play this movie at all, at all. It's been in every single position for me. Um, I'm not Christian. I'm not religious. I um, put off watching this movie. I didn't watch it in real time. I didn't watch it in 2022. I only watched it for this draft. It was the very last movie I watched. Um, I ultimately chose it. I did not have it this high, but I didn't want to leave it off the list. That's why I was like a little scared to put it at two. Um, I very well could get vetoed. However, I think it really showcases Brennan's acting better than any movie. I am really moved by his acting in this. I really feel like we saw um, sides of the real Brennan. I feel like I just was moved. Um, as much as there's stuff I don't like, I don't like to be manip manipulated with my feelings. As much as I had to live through um, my kid's dad when we were married, he had very serious cancer. It's very triggering for me to watch anything about cancer. Um, and I'm sure it is for everyone here for different reasons. Um, I would never watch this movie. I wouldn't sit and watch this movie again, but I think it deserves a place for what it's attempting, what in some ways I think it really accomplishes and for his acting chops. Beautifully said, Amy. Beautifully said. Um, Cece, you are up first in the veto order. What do you say about the gift of peace at number two? While Cece I'm, is thinking, I just want to I'm mention struggling. if you guys had seen the live that Nikki and Brennan did when this movie premiered, there's so much information that they talk about. You will laugh you will cry your eyes out when they reveal certain things about things that happened during the movie, you know, their closeness and, and their own personal journeys through this film. While Cece is thinking, I'll say that the first time I saw this film, um, I did not enjoy it. I'm not a big sads person. That's not what I come to Hallmark for. However, in um, the recent turn of life with my own caregiving experience, I watched this movie again and I came away with a totally different respect and feeling and affection for it. Don't let that sway you, Cece. <laughs> hey, ma'am. <laughs> uh, you know my caregiver experiences. I know. Long I know. And deep, and I'm going to veto this movie because I feel like there are like four or five movies that deserve to be higher on this list than The Gift of Peace. I had it in number nine, and like normally I would not do this, but like, I don't think you all realize what I'm about to play at number one. So, like, I feel like there are, like, four or five movies that you all probably like better that 
I'm more deserving of that spot. So I'm just going to veto it because I told myself I would just go balls to the wall with vetoes. Okay. The Harbinger of Doom has vetoed the gift of peace at number two. So Amy, please send me another pick for uh, for your replacement, which I have. Amy is just fast as lightning. And she has chosen um, she's chosen a movie from 2018. It is uh, the third uh, film in the All of My Heart series. It's All of My Heart, The Wedding. This is the one where um, Jenny and Brian are planning their wedding. Um, Emily's Country Inn is filled with happy guests. But then, you know, spoiler alert, this woman shows up and arrives and stakes a claim to the house because she's a distant relative. So Jenny and Brian try to raise enough money to hang on to their home. Their enduring love is once again tested as the wedding day approaches and they struggle to keep the house that brought them together. Tell us why you are playing All of My Heart, The Wedding at number two, Amy. I think we all love this franchise. I think luckily we all have that in common. Um, Yeah, this was, I don't know which one is honestly my favorite. I think I actually like this one the most. I wouldn't be sad if someone said the first one was their favorite, but one and three I loved. This one moved me the most. I was so moved where they wanted me to be moved when the townspeople came together and were like chipping in to try to save the house. And um, I'm like, what did they raise? $300? No, it was like some small amount. It was very sweet. Um, I felt nothing but, um, I just felt like their, their problems resolved in a pretty not too cheesy, but way I feel like they've really been through and you get a trilogy, you see them go through their issues. I feel like they've made compromises. I love that her, I love her like business acumen that he's not saving the day. She's saving, she's like, all right, I gotta do this myself. Um, I love that, um, just great feels. I love their love. They're so affectionate with each other. The way that Brendan kisses and looks into Lacey's eyes, I'm just like, as Bri- as Brandon would say, I feel like I shouldn't be watching sometimes. Um, but I love it. So yeah, I just, it's, it's, it's feel good. It's, uh, and I think it deserves to be up high. Well, that is the number two movie because everybody is out of playable vetoes. Um, Hillary will leave the match with her veto override since she cannot, since she cannot use it here. Um, so, uh, does anyone have any thoughts that they want to share about this particular movie before we get to Cece playing her her number one? I also had it in my top. I yeah, love this trilogy. Not mad about this being number two. Okay. All right. I think I had this. I had it at number four. The one thing that annoyed me, uh, the actress who plays Meg, who comes in and is like, I have a stake in this house. Um, like I found that I don't know that actress's name, but I find her like very like vibrant and vivacious and so trying to watch her play like a really stiff like I felt like that was bad casting for me um because in so many other movies where she's like a b-side like side character she's like always like very like vivacious and like the fun sister or like the cousin who stole Jessica Lowndes don't go there do not go there (laughs) you know she's like She's always like a vivacious like character. And then to see her playing being like, I'm so sorry. I don't know how to connect with humans was like, this was bad casting for me. But aside from that, um, I enjoyed the wedding. 
it, may, it did tug on my heartstrings when I heard the interview with Brennan and he said that song was like him and his wife's wedding song. It's like yeah. that. By Train, one of my favorite groups. Yeah. yeah, very good. Good. Yeah. All right. While Cece is sending me her pick for number one, let me do um, a quick recap. But before I do that, Hillary, what are, what are your thoughts on this one for the for the number two pick? But yeah, wedding. no, it was in my top 10. It was a little bit lower, but um glad it's in there. I really, yeah, really like them. It was good. I was kind of to get an ending with them. Um, and I was worried at first, I was like, this is gonna be very like party planny. And like I was worried that that was gonna drag it, but it didn't because these characters are great. Okay, great. All right, so here we go. At number 10, we have a Christmas melody at nine, Christmas Encore at eight, open by Christmas. At seven, all of my heart in love. At six, merry-go-round. At, at five is Christmas in Vienna. At four, abracadabra from the Crossword Mysteries. At three, love you like Christmas. At two, all of my heart, the wedding. That's the third one in the film. And number one, chosen by Cece. It is locked in because everybody is out of vetoes. We once again have played the perfect pairing, which had been vetoed at number five when she first played it. So there you have it. Cece has already spoken about the perfect pairing. Um, Amy, Hillary, any reactions to that number one placement? How are you feeling? Um, um, look, go for it. Uh, it's o it's o it's okay. <laughs> like, okay, so like, this was not number one on my list. Okay, mm -hmm. I think original first all of my heart is like the quintessential. Why are you not playing it for? <laughs> because don't veto me. Don't veto me. So this is a message to future drafters. Don't veto me. Um, wow. Because the other two, all of my hearts got played. So like yeah. the franchise got its due, even though the best one, in my opinion, of the three is the first one. Because I thought Penny, you Penny just one. Right. I thought we all understood that was going to be yes. one like easy. We season. understood until y'all vetoed me, until someone vetoed me. And then you vetoed us. I know, but like you could have replayed. You could have replayed Grand Valley. <laughs> I didn't care enough about if it's number one, it should be what I mean. That's fine. Oh explain, God, you explain to Brendan why this is number one. Yeah. <laughs> I will. <laughs> This is like it was that car. It was the singing. It was the car scene. Didn't y'all listen to my Luke McFarlane one when I put a movie that no one on earth agreed with at number one? Although I just that really was my number one that time. You guys, why don't you tell us? Why don't we all just say what our top three were and ranked in three? Okay, so I'm going to start in veto order. And I'm gonna include Tracy and Aaron Beth and I in, in this as well. So starting with Cece. Cece, what was your number three, your number two, and your number one that was on your list? Um, my number three was Crossroad Mystery Riddle Me Dead. Yeah. My number two was All of My Heart in Love. And my okay. number one was All of My Heart. Okay, and where was Perfect Pairing on your original list? Number five where I played it. Where you first played it, okay. Yeah. Um, 
Amy, what were your top? What were your top three? This is surprising even me. My top 10 changed a lot today. So my three was Love You Like Christmas, which is where I think it actually ended up. Number two is Open by Christmas, believe it or not. And my number one actually was All My Heart, The Wedding. I forgot I put it there. I really like that one. So um, All My Heart was a little lower for me. Okay. And Hillary, how about you? <laughs> okay, don't come for me, y'all. I think also, like, part of this is when thing when I watch things. Like, I watch things in very dramatically distant clumps. Number three, Flower Shop Mystery, Mum's the Word, the first one. Um, I was, like, shocked by how I did not expect to like the flower shop. I really liked the flower shop mysteries. Like, I, I really liked them. I don't know. The vibe was dark and different. And, like, I had several of them in my top ten. I did not play because I got the vibe that was not going to be um a communal thing um so flower shop mystery most were for number three christmas in vienna number two and the first all of my heart for number one and the first all of your heart for number one tracy how about you what were your top three all right number three was all of my heart the wedding number two was all of my heart the first one and number one was the gift of peace yeah the gift of <laughs> the gift of peace yeah. Beautiful film, not everybody's cup of tea. Um, I liked the interview that um, that Bran and Dan did with um, Brennan when he was talking about that that movie as well. And I liked Dan and Bran's you know review of it too. So, um, Aaron Beth, what were your top three? Uh, number three was Open by Christmas, two Christmas in Vienna, and one All of My Heart. Hillary, see Hillary, I listened to you. <laughs> and I just put them where you, where you Somebody said. did. This is good. This is good. <laughs> so um, here are my top. Number three is um, Merry Go Round. As I said, I like the I like the trope. It's, you know, it is what it is. I accept it for what it is. Number two is The Nanny Express. That movie just makes me laugh. That daughter is um, horrible. And number one for me is the gift of peace. Okay, Brennan is here. There he is. Hey. Hey. Hi. Hello. Hey. Yay. It's a new phone. I'm still feeling still figuring it out. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Good. Thanks for joining us. Glad you're here. <laughs> We are so excited to have you. This has been a crazy draft. I don't know if you're going to just um, turn your phone off or not when I read you the list. Hey, everybody has their favorites, right? Yeah. We do. We do have our favorites. And um, we want to we share with you what um, Cece, who is listed as the Harbinger of Doom over here. She's a very Harbinger experienced. Harbinger of Doom, I like that. Harbinger of Doom. And then we have Hillary, who uh, is the goat lover. And Amy is the other drafter. She's on the East Coast with me. We've got four different time zones here. So awesome. hello, ladies. All... Yeah. Hi. Hi. To yes. be fair, we all love goats. We all love the goats. So yes. just love goats. Okay. All love... There's a star. Like... That's true. That's true. Lucy and Ricky, like, have my heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they absolutely. were definite, uh, definite scene stealers. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. yeah, they had a bigger trailer than we did, so they, they did quite well on those movies. No, they were great. They're so good. They're so good. Okay, so here is the list, the definitive singular list of the 10 okay. best Brennan Elliott Hallmark movies as drafted by Cece, Hillary, and Amy. 
Here wow, we go. Okay. Number 10. Okay. A Christmas Melody. Oh, okay. Number nine, Christmas uh -huh. Encore. Okay. Number eight, Open by Christmas. Mm -hmm. Number seven, number seven started out with Christmas at Grand Valley. It got vetoed and they ended up locking in All of My Heart in Love, which was the second in the franchise. Okay. So that's number seven. At number six was quite lively. Uh, the Nanny Express was played and vetoed. All Summer Long was played and vetoed. And Merry Go Round was played at number six and finally locked in. Oh, okay. At number five, um, A Perfect Pairing was played and vetoed. Mm -hmm. And then Christmas in Vienna was played and locked in. So Christmas in Vienna is number five on the list. Okay. At at four, we have um, our first appearance of Crossword Mysteries. It was Abracadaver. Good choice. At, at three was Love You Like Christmas. At number two, The Gift of Peace was played and vetoed. And wow. All of My Heart, The Wedding uh, was played, the third in the franchise. So that is okay. number two. And then at number one, um, the perfect pairing was played again by the same person who played it at number five. And of course it was locked in because everyone was out of vetoes at that point. So the perfect pairing is according wow. to DC, Amy and Hillary, the number one Brennan Elliott Hallmark movie. Wow. Not to miss. Well, they're all good choices, but uh, that must've been a pretty intense uh, conversation. <laughs> it was intense. It was very intense. It. Yeah. 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 Like that, really once you get fun. to the top six and up, people start, like, we're very, we were very friendly, right? In the, like, right. 10 through seven, it had a good vibe. And then it, got, it gets tense when it's six and up. And then it, and then it, got, ugly. it got It got competitive. It got, no, 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 no. Okay, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This, the game is set up to crush your dreams and ruin friendships in the best way possible. Um, and it, it it did come kind of close in a couple of those positions. You know, I think the, the vetoing of the gift of peace was a shocker, but very strategic on the person's part who played it. So it's going to be surprising to many people not to have it on the on the final list. But yeah. um, but it was um, it was beautiful to to see you and Nikki um, in the live when the movie premiered talking about your experiences together right um, right during the filming and and all of that do you guys have any plans to make another movie together maybe one that's a comedy for your comedy well, job yeah we, we'd love to we'd love to we get along really really well um but uh we don't know i mean obviously right now we're in we're all in strike mode so <laughs> communications have come to a to a, a murmur obviously but no we'd love to I don't know if they'll, I don't know about a sequel to that. I don't know where that would go. We haven't really had any conversations about that, but yeah, we'd love to do, uh, to do something. And uh, we've both done a lot of comedy before and we like doing that. So we, maybe we'll do something very funny together. You know? Yeah. We have celebrated throughout the, throughout the draft. You'll hear a lot of comments about your comedy chops, your, um, the range of really embracing your roles. You know, when you're a chef, you really look like a chef, act like a chef. I do a lot of baking. So when you're doing that, the knife work and you've got your knuckles down and you know all of that great stuff 
Um, I'm not going to lie, we objectify you, you know, with that comes part, part and parcel. There is an entire, um, there's an entire two minutes just on your hair chronology alone and yeah. how much we, how much we want Hallmark to just lay off your hair and let you be you because we love the you that you are. So thank you so much. <laughs> well, you know, I, 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 you know, as an actor, I feel every character should be different because uh, they're different people. So, um, you know, we don't have a lot of time to prepare for them, but you want to make sure they're, they're different and they're, they're honest and they're human and, and they're real. Um, and uh, yeah, the idea of just playing the same every time bores me. So, um, I'll leave that to interpretation, but yeah, I mean, the only there was only one time where they they really wanted yeah when I did the crossword the very first crossword they wanted he was a rookie and they wanted my hair really short mm. and I had never had it short like that before so I was like all right well let me look into it so I met a detective and I was seeing some of these guys and I thought that's like a military cut maybe I'll do that and it it wasn't a look that I liked on me but, <laughs> um. And then they would, you know, so I, look, I'm very proud of the law. The rules look different, uh, feel different and, 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 and hopefully are believable in their, in their scope. But yeah. Um, cause I think I'm, I'm done 26 movies for them now, which has been a wonderful relationship. They've been great. Plus the Cedar Cove series too, which. Was yeah. Really that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Huge. I but was, you know, uh, yeah, I was hated on that for about two years until people started to come around. <laughs> or until they saw you on Unreal and then took another. And that was hated a whole lot more, no. Um, <laughs> well, I remember when I did Cedar Cove and then they wanted me to do, I never met Lacey before. I think I'd done the Nanny Express, but I'd never done uh, a movie for the Hallmark Channel that was an original. So they wanted me to do the first All in My Heart. And I, but their concern was, you know, can you play a nice guy? <laughs> Because I was playing Warren Saget, and I thought, I'm an actor. Like, I don't know what kind of actors are here, but you're supposed to play all these different parts. But so, and then they saw it, and they went, okay, well, you can obviously play anything and everything. So it was fine. But yeah, and obviously Lacey and I are still, good, you know, obviously dear friends. Well, they've uh, thrown a lot of different careers at your characters over the over the years. But I noticed that one thing that you haven't played in the Hallmark world is a prince. How have you escaped that trope? Is it what? Is it what? Is a prince. You haven't a played prince? a prince in the Hallmark show. Yeah, you, I've never, I've escaped? never been. Yeah, I've never been given a. I, I, I can't remember what I can't remember the name of the actor, the actress. I don't know if there was a movie that came across my desk where I was part of a royal family or something. I wasn't a prince, but I think I was related to somebody in the royal family that was a king, and then I was, I was left with all this money or something, and I passed on that for some other project they'd given me that I really liked more. Anyway, but no, I've never played a prince. Um, That'd be interesting. Maybe. That'd be interesting. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Maybe even. Yeah. You, you never you never know. I think um also we're all we're all double deckers. We're all part of the Deck the Hallmark podcast, you know, oh, group. Yeah. Um yeah. you've done lots of chats and lunches. You've joined us for lunches with Dan and Bran. Where you yeah, were, I love those guys. They're great. Those guys are just awesome. Many yeah. of us got together with them in person at Bramble Fest down in Greenville this oh, great. past July. Yeah, it's a really intimate gathering of the of the double decker group with the, with the guys. So that was a lot of fun. So I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about um, about a movie that the guys pitched to you in your January interview with them. It was called. Um, it was, this was Brand's idea, and you know he's great. He's a great content creator, yeah, and yeah. he he pitched to you um, Bevy's Burgers and the Boys. 
Oh, yes, he did. Yes, he yes. did. And so that, has, yeah, that, no, that's has that been greenlit yet? Has that been greenlit uh, yet? No, no, listen, no, not yet. But I will say this, you know, the ideas that you can bring to Hallmark now, the scope of diversity of the content is a lot larger. So um, I uh, am working on a project now and, and hopefully it will be in development, but I can't discuss anything right now. But it's really kind of outside of the box. And I think a lot of the, the lead actors and the talented stars over there are trying to, you know, like they had the, the three wise men and they have these different movies where they have men as the lead, where they have, you know, um, you know, um, you know, Jonathan Bennett with the, the storyline about the two guys and falling in love and, and all that kind of stuff. I think they're trying, they're open to all kinds of stuff. Um, and so that is funny and I, and he wants to be in it. So we'll have to, <laughs> it might be a, you know, I'll have to try to sell that, but, and he goes, and I don't want a cameo. I want to be a lead. I want to be in the movie. Yeah. That's, that sounds like Bram. That's Bram. I'll do any scene with you any day, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, also, I, I'm not sure if it was that interview or it was the one from January of 2022. You're having lunch with us with the guys and everything. You talked about this. You talked about like the broader strokes in Hallmark now and the diversity yeah. and how great this was. And you actually, you actually say something like, you know, I'd love to see like a movie where it's just like brothers. And then in November of 2022, like 10 months later, there's the three wise men. Like, yeah. Did you know about I've been it? Talking, that time? I've, been, I've, been, I've been kind of talking about that idea for about five or six years now. I've been wow. talking to some of the execs going, you know, we have such a crop of wonderfully brilliant meeting ladies and, and that the, the, the structure of what, the storylines are, are beautiful and our fans are very smart. And I think they could accept a story about two brothers or a story about a, a father and a daughter or, you know, something of that nature. And so I see, I, I'm, I'm watching because we're on strike, so there's not lots to do. So I am watching some of the new content and they are taking some risks. And, and it was nice to see that they have done that. And um, I'm hoping with, with something that I'm working on next, um, it'll be just another step in a direction of being, of having content that's more, and I'm not saying diversified by just sexual gender or politics or color of skin or any of that. I mean, just diversified. The storylines are just not always on the nose of what, um, and yeah, obviously you still have to be on brand, obviously, but but they're really doing a great job of, of finding other storylines that, that can connect with people that might not be of that ilk of the same storylines that, that they know from the past. And so it's been fun. And I've been really lucky that... Um, I asked, I asked Randy Pope, who's a really good friend of mine. He's one of the big, big groups over there at the network. And I remember when I got Gift of Peace, I was, I had read it and, and Nikki had not read it. And I, I told her, and I was kind of frightened when I read it. I, like, I don't know if I want to do this. I was like, hey. So I went up to Randy and I go, Randy, why do you give me all these different roles? And why'd you give me this one? And he goes, because you can do it. Mm. And it was just kind of a, and it was very, very, it wasn't anything, it wasn't to give me a level of confidence. I kind of, it was just a confidence from the, the network that, you know, when we have a role, whether it's comedy or it's emotional or whether it's a chef or whether it's something that's of a guy that owns a winery or whatever, you got to be able to make all those roles believable and to be one of their, and there's many men and women in this network that can do it too. I'm not saying it's, I'm just saying that it was just nice to know that you're respected for what you can bring. And so when I brought this new idea to them recently, they were like, sure. And I don't know if that would have happened maybe 10 years ago. Yeah, so it's, uh, they're really doing a great job. Yeah. Someone made the comment um, when Love You Like Christmas was drafted. One of the players made a comment that 
they felt that maybe this was a little insight to how you are as a dad, the way that you treat oh, your yeah. daughter in that film. I, 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 do like of, that movie. I, I do love that movie. You know, I have, you know, it was interesting to hear the 10 that were picked. And I mean, I've done so many more than the 10, but I mean, to see those things. And there's some that I was like, oh, wow. Wow, really? <laughs> oh, I really? Some of us thought the same thing. Yeah, some of us. I mean, I, you didn't pick that one? You didn't pick some of that one? <laughs> but no, but it's for me, it shows me a real, it, it, that's another thing. It's like the fans, you could do a movie, you'd be a part of it. And I've never had really a bad experience. But you walk in and go, you know, you read the script and you go, it's a little on the nose and it's not really, or maybe you're shooting it and something happens in production and you don't get the scenes in it you want it doesn't really work out but there's always some people out there that love that even if you're in it you might not might not be one of your favorites that you did or one of the movies that you're maybe most proud of which doesn't really i'm not saying i wasn't i'm proud of all the movies i've done just and all the people i've worked with but it was an interesting to hear those movies played back in that certain order and to see what was vetoed and what wasn't which i found very interesting um what was yeah, the, the question the flower shop the flower <laughs> shop mysteries um there were, when I first announced like the Brennan Elliott that we were doing this draft. So this was about six months ago, actually. And the smack talk in the panel chat started like right away with the harbinger of doom, Cece over there. Yeah. So uh, but I got a lot of, I got a lot of DMs from people saying, you know, oh, I love the flower shop mysteries. I wish they would come back. I wish they would come back. They were slightly not darker, but more action oriented. And yeah, a little moody. Yeah, yeah. You and Brooke. And oh, oh, sorry. To answer your question, so two things. I'll answer that, and I'll answer the first yeah. one. Um, yes, I do have uh, two children, and when I did "Love You Like Christmas," it's 2015, I think. My daughter was one, and my son was three, four. So, you know, when you have kids and you're learning to be a dad and try to be the best dad you can be. When I get when I, that came to me on my desk and they said, "Would you want to do this one?" I read it. And I said, "Absolutely," because I had not played. I mean, I did it in the Nanny Express, but I hadn't played a dad a lot. And I thought, mm. "Wow, this would be interesting." And the daughter in, in 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 that movie was wonderful, and and that movie turned out great. And then the flower shop, yeah, it was very disappointing because I I really enjoyed those. Brooke is lovely. Brooke Shields is lovely, and there was humor and a little bit of moodiness and and. Um, it had a little uh, small town Twin Peaks feel. It just kind of had a little tongue in cheek with the mystery, which was fun. Um, and I don't really, to be honest, it's much like with Cedar Cove. I don't know, look, it's beyond my pay grade. I don't know why these decisions get made, but um, they did three and and that was it, so. You know what, there are 19 <laughs> books in that series, I'm just saying. I know, I, I look, I would definitely <laughs> bring it back. I mean, Crossword's not going further either. So, I mean, it's just interesting how I mean, Lacey went off and did Dancing Detective, and then I have my thing I'm working on. So, you know, these things happen. They, I don't know who makes those decisions, but like I said, you got to roll with the punches, and it's, it's beyond my pay grade. I just try to, whatever content I'm given, I just try to make it the best you can. Yeah. Make it as entertaining as possible. Well, you're doing a, you're of course doing a great job. You're a fan favorite. Um, one of the things that that we learned about you in doing some research and stuff for, for this is that, uh, like many of us here in this in this draft, um, you're a true crime fan. Yes, I am. Yes. Yeah. So um, Aaron, Beth, and I actually have a another group that uh, meets monthly that it's um, cults, crimes, and Chardonnay. So we profile. <laughs> That's great. I yeah. like that. So we um, profile true crime and cultic relationships and things like that. Is there any is there any true crime podcast or a book or a film that you're watching that's you're you know, keen I'm a, on? You know, it's, it's I'm a, I'm a my wife hates it about me because she's like oh. 
can watch this. I'll be in the other room. <laughs> but I'm a big uh, documentary guy. I like real life dramas. I like real life crime stories. When I was doing Crossword, I did a lot of research um, on times off, um, you know, the first 48 or like just anything that had to do like Datelines or 48 Hours, or first 48, anything that had to do with crimes. And that well, first 48 was more about the behavior of being an undercover, you know, or being a detective. But I just, it's it's drama at its highest level. You know, it's it's life and death stuff. And it's, you're dealing with real emotions. And and then I also like watching a lot of comedies. You know, I like watching comedies. And so it's like, that's kind of, you know, what I'm into. And don't get me wrong. We just watched the movie of the night. It was great. I saw Oppenheimer, which was incredible. And then I saw Barbie, which was incredible. So it's like, I'm a, I'm a, I have a plethora of things that I enjoy watching, but, but I do, if I want to sit down and, and, and escape a little bit into something maybe a little moodier, I am a crime story kind of, you know, um, I was a big fan of LA Confidential when that movie came out. I thought it was well done and, and loved and, obviously um, Russell Crowe and that and, and all those guys that were in it was great. And so I love that kind of stuff. I would like to, even if I had a chance, wouldn't it be nice to even do a period piece um a period uh crime movie and for hallmark you know something that was like a a crime story set in the 50s or 40s or something that would be interesting but yeah i i do enjoy doing i do enjoy watching them they seem like i think what it is is it takes me out of i don't really want to watch tv or movies too much because we do them it's the world we're in and i can't really comprehend when i watch some of these crime stories like how can people how do people how can people do that like i can't really comprehend when there's you know a story of a husband who's you know, killed his family and then went up another family and then killed that family. And then, like, I don't, I can't comprehend people's behavior like that, you know? And so that it's, um, so some of these documentaries you just watch and these, or these crime documentaries and you go, I think I get sucked in on how to understand how these people behave. Cause I just. The psychology it, behind it, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, it, and my wife's a psychologist. It's just like, I, I, I don't have that mechanism. <laughs> Thank God I don't have that mechanism, but um, I find it interesting that someone could go down that path and have absolutely zero remorse for it at all. Like, I mean, you know, I, yeah. I, some of them I had a little argument this morning because he came up and supposed to, it's a long story, but he brushes his teeth. He's supposed to brush his teeth and he wakes up and then, and he didn't brush his teeth. And he wanted, I said, well, brush your teeth after. And he didn't brush his teeth. And I went up and we had this little, so I feel guilty when I have an argument with my kid for two seconds. So it's like, you know, still there learning to be the, you know, still learning to be the best dad I can be, I guess, but yeah. There are some bonkers true crime podcasts that are out there that that serialize things that are just jaw dropping, and it's oh, you know, oh, yeah. truth is stranger than fiction, which is just yeah, yeah. which is just um, crazy. Um, you guys, do you have any do you have any questions for Brennan? Anything burning a hole that you want? What the harbinger to just bring it? Just bring I it. I do. <laughs> I do the harbinger. Okay. The harbinger who vetoed the gift of peace. In favor First of, of all, I would like to say, I would like to put on the record to Brennan that All of My Heart is my favorite. It's probably one of my favorite Hallmark movies, but I could not play it at number one because they they vetoed a perfect the perfect pairing. And I love they it what? so much. They vetoed the perfect pairing. Uh, and I love and that, that was your, so oh. much. So yeah. I was like, well, the other two All of My Hearts got on here, so we'll just do the perfect pairing again. So that's how the perfect pairing ended up at number one. I don't want to be held responsible, even though I'm responsible. My question is, I'm a big, so Hallmark is like, I'm very like dual personality person. Like I love love and I love Hallmark, but I also love horror and true crime and all that. And so I want to talk about the curse of Chucky 
And I do want to know like how many of those dolls are on the set? Because I feel like, you know, they don't just have one doll that's constantly changing the way it looks. Like how many of those Chucky dolls are there? Well, each one, and I'm not, they might cost more now. I think they had three. Three. Okay. Because each one was like a quarter million dollars to build. Oh my God. They're, they're like machines and they have a staff of nine per, per doll to move them around. Really? Yeah. And um, like, I will never forget the day that I had my big death scene. I remember they had three of them on there and we had to shoot because we were at the end of the day, we had to shoot really quick. And there was like 19 guys around. And I was like, what's going on? And I'd never been, you know, I mean, obviously I was a Chucky fan. I was so pleased to be in the movie, but I had not seen how all this works. I'm thinking, how is this doll going to kill me? Like what? Like, and so <laughs> they got 19 guys working with two different dolls and then to do shots. And then when the, the doll jumps on me, they have these nine guys doing all these little things. And if, when you're in a scene with a doll that's actually animatronically moving like a human being, yeah. I really felt like I was talking to a real little person, human being. And it was, yeah. so when that scream, I didn't really have to work for a choice to elicit some emotional <laughs> life. It was just like, I'm living on a set. It's, this is a nightmare in the best possible yes. way. <laughs> so. My favorite uh, um, thing in that movie is like, you're real being a smart ass and you're like, I could take April away from you or something like that. You like go to bed and you put your, Oh, we're in the bed. Yeah. We're in the bed. And then she says, hold on. I wrote it down somewhere. You latte making loser. loser. <laughs> I love that line. I'm just like, I want to change like all my social media to latte making loser. Just yeah. I think it's funny. We, what I liked about that role, to be honest, was he, he, he is a little bit of a loser. He, he works at yeah. a coffee shop. He lost his job. He's let himself go a little bit. He's not really the best dad. He's, yeah. he's kind of, and I'd never put anything like it. And, and I was lucky enough. I think my kids are home. So bear with me. Yeah, that's fine. Um, um, and I was lucky enough to do it and, and had so much fun playing it. The, the, one of the funny things about that movie is we shot in a place called Winnipeg, Manitoba, which is in Canada. And it's considered one of the coldest places in the world in the winter. It was minus seventy-two. Remember the day with the remember the day we all had the soup. Yeah, was the, yeah. The, that day we only sh I think we shot I and mean, we didn't shoot the last two scenes because our generator froze. Oh my we god! Wow. It, was, it was minus seventy-two. So the next day we couldn't get to work till like noon or something. And I remember throwing my coffee at my whole hotel window and going and just crystallized. Wow. And then turning on my TV and CNN was talking that it is as cold <laughs> as Mars in Winnipeg. Oh my god! Oh my god, that's crazy! Oh, who's your buddy? Oh, oh hey! Oh, she wants to see the kid. My, my, we have a little Shih Tzu dog. So cute! Yeah, so cute! Yeah. Um, there's a there's a podcast called Screen Drafts, which does uh movie rankings that are feature films, and they did a uh, Chucky franchise ranking, and the one that you were in, um, I think finished in the top three out of all the films oh, because wow, of. Really? Because of the best kill scene was your scene um, that they you'd were talking about. You, would be, you wouldn't be surprised, but <laughs> you might be. I have, look, I you know I meet fans all over the world that'll come up at usually airports and all over the place, that, you know, big Hallmark fans and that's, but I will get a lot of people to be like, dude, that death scene, <laughs> that death scene, <laughs> which is pretty graphic, so. Yeah, it actually was a pretty good movie. It had a lot of, it was very, very, you were very on the edge of your seat, that whole movie. It was kind of a psychological thriller as opposed to the way some of the other ones were, which was yeah. a nice, but Don Mancini, who's the creator, is still a dear friend and 
and all the cast was great. And, you you must have, you know, speaking of fans all over the world, when I was doing the promotions on the Instagram about Brenny Elliott edition, um, I picked up another country of listeners. Um, Finland is wild for Brennan Elliott, evidently. Really? To like 22 or 23 countries. And wow. Finland jumped <laughs> on everything wow. Brennan. So um, I don't know if you've been there before. I don't know if you have any. I would, I would love Finnish to go in to your Finland. heritage, but. You yeah, know. beautiful. <laughs> I've been there. It's beautiful. Is it? I heard it's gorgeous. Oh, my God. It's yeah. so. It's yeah. everything is clean. You can leave your car. We would like go to the market. We stayed with like families. This was in high school. It was kind of like an exchange program. And you would stay with families and you'd be like, we're going to the grocery store, like turn your car off and like lock it. And they're like, no, no, no. It's too cold. We just keep it running and like keep the doors unlocked and run in and get groceries and come. And I'm like, nobody steals your car. Like, <laughs> they might, they must, they might like me too, because I'm from Canada and we have very cold winters too. We actually plug our cars in. Well, there you go, yeah. right? Or they might yeah. be like, you know, I'm a long lost cousin or something. But no, I, I would love to see Finland and Norway. I mean, I, I did um, Christmas in Vienna, in Vienna, yeah. and it, seeing that part of the world, seeing that part of, well, obviously, obviously that's a different part from Finland, but seeing Europe at all, any part of Europe, it's just a total culture shock than where we are oh, yeah. here. It just, there's so much life and it's just such a different experience and i really enjoyed it i would love to see Finland. oh yeah absolutely yeah. christmas in vienna actually made the list for the um filmed on location draft that we did back in november 2022 it was ranked pretty highly up there actually tracy um was one of the drafters for for that mm. um amy you have your hand up did you have a question oh yeah i just have a quick question so i've always been curious with hallmark script since you have to film so quickly right so it's sort of a little two-part thing. One is, what percent of what is on the script would you say you end up saying? So how much is it exactly? Like in a in a more traditional, slower-paced filming, I would assume you'd have to be a little more faithful. I guess I'm wondering, is are you allowed a little more flexibility and ad-libbing with what's there? And then I also want to know if in real life you say that's fantastic a lot because one of the Easter eggs that I love about these movies because we watched 22 of them is that we get you say that's fantastic a lot and I'm like oh that's like a little Brendan there I think that we're you getting know, to yeah, hear it's funny funny you say that because I get that a lot like people will think when you know you, you deliver your lines so naturally it feels like you're improvising and that's a, the, the best compliment I can receive I'm pretty much 99.9 percent .9 verbatim to the dialogue. Oh, now okay. there will be wow. little tag ends and you picked up on it like at the end of a scene someone will do something like, oh it's fantastic because if i'm in a scene with somebody and there's a beat that's not working i might just yeah. react organically to what they're saying or something else yeah. a mistake will happen and you can react in that but no mostly the lines are pretty much on the page is what i say but i do like to pepper a little bit if it's if it's if it's organic and it's happening but i don't just yeah. go in there and go I don't know my lines. Let me improvise. You know, I but right. but, it, but that's but it takes a lot of hard work to get you to the point where you deliver lines that seem like they're improv. You have to really know of what you're course. saying. But, yeah. but the funny thing is, I mean, you'll get a script. I mean, I think on Christmas Encore, Grand Valley, those two that you I think you had said something about those two were vetoed, which but that doesn't surprise me. Um, <laughs> I got the script the night before I landed, like a whole new draft. So. I had had a script five days before. Like we, well, usually the norm is you're called, let's say, on a Wednesday. You're on a plane Sunday. You start shooting Monday. So you don't get a lot of time to really prep these. 
Um, and so you really got to, they're really, and then, yeah, like you said, they're 15 day shoots. You shoot five days, two days off, five days, sometimes six, two, you know? And so I think the reason why a lot of the fans are so invested in, in, you know, Lacey Chabert and Andrew Walker and myself and Nick Villa and all the stars is because we do so many of them because we can yeah. kind of do that model because I have friends of mine and they're talented and they'll be just drowning because it's, and you only get two takes. You're not going to, you know, we don't have that much time to like, let's find the scene. So um, it's a, once you get a script, it's a lot of hard work. If you really want to deliver, you know, an honest performance yeah. where people can get lost in your character and think it looks real. Cause that's what my passion is to make it look real. Um, would you like to have more time? Sure. But <laughs> you don't. And so, um, yeah, I remember one time I did, I think it was, no, was, was it Christmas Encore? I think it was. And I had a script where the guy that I, that was the one where I'm the theater owner. Yeah. And my dad, my dad knew, or my dad had passed, but the guy that was the older guy was knew my dad. Well, he was supposed to play a Santa character or something. So by the time I landed on the plane, got off the plane, me and, and the lead actress, Maggie Lawson, we got a whole new draft, a whole new script. And we were working the next day. And so that's when it's like, okay. And, you know, yeah. there's some movies where you kind of go, the story's not making a lot of sense right now. <laughs> it's kind of going all over the place here. But, um, and that rarely happens because they're so, you know, that was years and years ago. That was a, a, a special occurrence. But yeah, they're really, really, they don't usually give the actors the script until they know that they've got it pretty locked in. You know? Okay. Yeah, when you did, but I do um, improvise a little bit here and there. Lacey and I like to play a little bit. You know, I was like, just gonna say, in the uh, in the all my heart movies, the the comedic bits between you two felt so real, and those were the yeah. movies I laughed the most at. There's sometimes there's something you guys I don't know which one it is. We are like doing something in the background, and you're like, well, that felt weird. Um, you know what? Oh, yes. Do you remember the scene? I think it's in. See the second one. Yeah. Maybe the third one. We're we're gonna go to a concert or something. We're going through a door, and I go. We go through the door. And we're bumping into the door. And we can't squeeze through. Yeah, 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 yeah. All and I go. Well, that's that's weird. And she goes, Yeah, and and we laughed. That was improvised. Okay. Because because yeah. the cameras the camera was he never said cut because he was laughing about all the, the the donuts we were eating and all the playfulness and he was just like keep it keep it going and so you can't just let there be dead space and so Lacey and I play opposite this so well where we we'll just fill it with something. Um, yeah, but it's uh, not that, and those aren't really pre-planned. But ninety-nine point nine percent of the the dialogue, you know, you want to be pretty pretty on book, and then you can throw it away and play. You know. Yeah, I have a question about sure. improvisation. Uh, whenever you use the like John Wayne voice, like oh, yeah. where did that come from? Was that just like you? No, that was, was the script. Yeah. yeah, in the script, he goes. Yeah. Um, he can't open the window. He goes, well, let me take it over or whatever. And yeah. so when I read it, I was like, I don't think I've ever seen a John Wayne movie. I don't really know John Wayne, you know? <laughs> so I started watching a John Wayne movie in the, or in the, uh, in my hotel room, like, cause it seemed was like in a, in a week or something. And I was watching a John Wayne movie trying to mimic it to find yeah. the joke. And then he always had that walk, you know? And, yeah. and so that, that was in the script. Yeah. That was in the script. Cause I felt like that's like a very American thing. And so I yeah. was like, it doesn't seem like that was something you would do like naturally, but it was totally. really good. Yeah. But you were very good at it, so I was like, oh, well, clearly you. he watched some John Wayne movies. Do you do and any I, other? I watched... yeah. What's that? Do you do any other impersonations? I mean, you have such a flexible voice, you know. I'm, I'm, I have. I'm working on something now, 
and I can't talk. I'm, can't talk about it all, not only because of the strike, I can't talk about it because we're just starting development, but there will be, um, hopefully if we write the script appropriately and I, I can get some creative input on, on the story the way I would like, there will be different, I might get a chance to play a bunch of characters within a movie, um, which might be interesting. Not full, full, full thought out, but like maybe, you know, um, some different looks and some different voices, but yeah, when you go to theater school and you play characters, your voice, you know, I enjoy doing that. You know, I could be a ham just like anybody else if I want to play. <laughs> um, some of the, like, I, I look back, I was just sitting here because we've had so much time not, not to do anything. I've been watching, like, I, I had watched some old Cedar Cove episodes. I haven't seen them since, like, in a decade. And I thought, man. Because when you do it and you watch it, let's say, a week later, a month later, you're still kind of connected to it. So you don't really realize how good the show is or how much it came across. And then when you watch it like years later and you finally watch it again, you go, wow, that was actually not a bad show. You know, because you don't really realize it when you're in it. And one yeah. movie I just watched because my buddy was, was uh, called me because he hadn't seen it. And his wife watched Slaw Hallmark was opened by Christmas, which I, I think someone else might've been cast first and then that fell out. And I got the opportunity to play something I would never like I never got a chance to play this loser idiot from high school that couldn't even get a girl to talk to him. Like I thought that's interesting. I would like to try that. Not that I'm like, not that I'm like, you know, Johnny Depp or Brad Pitt or a Don Juan. I'm just saying like to play that kind of character. Um, and, it goes suave over here. Yeah. I know, no, trust me. I'm much like, you don't think you can play that? You kind of can't play that. Um, and, it, and I watched the movie and it's such a, it's a sweet movie. And I oh, didn't, so when I yeah. did it, I was like, Oh, this is interesting. It's out of the box because we do so many. I think that, and this is a just this is kind of a not a compliment. It's kind of a something that I think I go through as you do it. It's a job, and you give your whole heart and soul, and then when it's over, you got to move on because you're so invested. You don't really realize until you see it years later the quality of what the crew and the cast and the writers and the network, what everybody did to make that movie really good. Because you, you, your your reaction to how good the movie turns out or the character you played or whatever is all through the fans, which is always wonderful and sometimes you could people are finicky but it was actually it turned out really really sweet and on the page it was a it was a little out of the box to have two separate storylines going on at the same time but um yeah yeah i mean voices i think honestly like even some of the i was saying with warren saget like or even even all of my horror or some of my when i do crossword even Lacey said this, when you do crossword and you do brian and all in my heart your voice is completely different like completely different you look completely everything's different how do you do what are you, what are you doing i go well what characters aren't we supposed to be you know if i'm playing a guy who's a in a wheelchair and he can't speak because he's from france and he's got an accent he's not english i mean i don't know you know what i mean like you, that's your job but i'm not consciously doing it it's just i think in that world of being a detective and trying to be street and my voice mm -hmm. got lower and more well your whole your all of your mannerisms are very like i'm in I'm in New Hampshire, but I'm, you know, born and raised in Princeton, New Jersey. So New York City is, you know, oh. a stone's throw away. So you really yeah, yeah. embody that New York vibe, you know. Yeah, and I and it was funny because I obviously I I was in New York for years, years many many years ago, and then so I can still kind of when I talk to friends of mine from New York, I can get that accent back and see a cup of coffee. I can get that back quickly. But one of the detectives, we had a couple of weeks before the first one was was supposed to be a really big show. The very first one we did, very first crossword. And I was talking to him about detective work and everything else. And he was from Trenton, New Jersey. Yeah. So, and he still, had kind of, yeah. he still had that, that accent uh, a little bit. Trenton, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it was, uh, so I thought I'm going to pull from that. I'm going to pull a little bit of this and, and give him a little bit of that East Coast feel. 
Yeah, I think um, one of my favorite did not get played, but one of my favorite um, crossword mysteries was uh, Terminal Descent, which mm. just has um, Lachlan Monroe. Yes. Is in it. Yes. And he's in so many things. He plays. Oh, he's doing a- like he's doing he's doing like five shows a week. That guy. He's <laughs> crazy yeah. busy, and he does douchey better than nobody you know, does it better. Nobody he's does douchey better than Lachlan, but. Honestly, one of the best, it's not quite the cold opening, but one of the best death scenes in a crossword mystery, like that elevator. Talk about tapping into all of my fears, getting into the oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, it's, that's the one thing I think Hallmark does well is like, uh, like you could have somebody that'll look at the five crosswords we did and let's say somebody didn't like Terminal Ascent, but you like Terminal Ascent. You know what I mean? It's really interesting that there's so many, it's a flavor for everyone, which I really like, you know what I mean? I mean, my favorite crossword was Abracadabra, I think, for me, just because I like the whole magic theme. I thought the director of that really brought some interesting flavors and the lighting and stuff. But that was our third one. And I felt like from three, four and five, we finally got on our feet. Lacey and I knew what we were doing. We knew that it was it was a metaphor, it was a puzzle to solve a case. The, the audience has to figure it out and we were finding it. Um, and so, yeah, I think the last three were great. Terminal Ascent obviously being, I think, the fourth one. Yeah, that that was yeah. the fourth one. Yeah, were you yeah. um were you an executive producer on all of those or yeah when did yeah. that yeah when yeah. did that start? Aaron Beth, you had a question. So you were you've played uh, across from Lacey a lot. Um, yeah. obviously you have a lot of movies with her. Is it nine? Easy, yeah. Is it easier when you move from character to character when you know you've played together, or is it harder to not slip back into? all of my heart when you're trying to over here, you know, when you're, you're, no, I, you know, we have such a, yeah. I mean, for me, I didn't, we were worried when we did the three and we produced those two. So we were worried after the three, all in my hearts that people weren't going to really connect to seeing us in crossword mysteries. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel any, and neither did she, and I won't speak for her, but I, I don't feel like she felt the same way either that we're going to be like playing totally different characters and slipping back into Brian and Jenny. Mm-hmm. Um, Because I knew that, you know, my character in Crossroad was 360 degrees different than a Brian Howell. I mean, it wasn't even close. So I got a really great chance to, and if I was the kind of actor that it was just Brennan is kind of Brian and Brennan is Dave and Brennan is Logan and Brennan, then it's, and there's, that's not, that's boring to me. So I really tried to make every character different. And that one was a little easier because they were so different on the page. Um, and, And same thing with Lacey. And so, no, but we have a rule, and I've said this many, many times, we've done nine movies together, hopefully we can do a lot more, but we have such a level of openness and trust with each other that we just, when we get into a scene, we just, we trust each other so much, we're just going to go with each other in the moment, and it makes for really dynamic and alive material. And um, and then, because I didn't know her before all my heart, so, and then we became very good friends, and so, and we haven't worked together in years now, it's been years, so we'll have to make well, that she's- happen. She yeah. just did her, um, I always want to say Dirty Dancing, but it's not. It's The Dancing Detective with, um, right. with with Will Kemp. And I was thinking, you know what? It would be awesome if if they do another one, if they have Brennan Elliott as like the bad guy that Will and Lacey are trying to catch. Because um, Lacey does like this little sort of aside in that film where she sees, was it an All of a Heart movie on TV or something? She's like, oh, I like that guy. She, oh, that she makes him well, That was in uh, uh, the Holly, 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 Holly Christmas. Christmas. Oh, that was, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. They're doing this. They're trying to get. They're, they're they're kind of exploring a little of these kind of cameos where they bring some of their stars to do a scene or two in some of these movies. And so, um, and I've had a couple opportunities that I passed on just for other reasons. But you know, you never know. It might happen. We'll see. You know, you never know. You never right. know. All right. How about one more question, Cece? You had your hand up, so go ahead. Okay. I just had a logistical question that we asked about, or we talked about during the draft, which was uh, like I watched all of the all of your hearts back to back. So it was like very like jarring from the first one to the second one yep. of like a totally different house, very different looking goats. Yep. Um, but then in the third one, the goats were different than the goats in the second one. So like, did you film two and three back to back and change goats? Or did you just like stay at the location, but like at different times? And no, well, when we did the first one, sorry, the second one up to the first one, there was a year later can't remember exactly but we lost the house another production okay. owned that house so we had to find yeah. another one and the thing with these goats is they grow so fast so quick right that they wanted our goats they wanted the movies to feel like they were it was over a you know year-long like period or six month period so we right. needed goats that were small enough yeah um, and so we had to get these new goats now luckily the trainers were amazing and these goats were i mean that scene in the in the wedding movie where i'm running around trying to find trying to pick the goat up at the beginning <laughs> that's that's we added that scene because it wasn't on the page just because, yeah. because you can't because i said wouldn't it be funny that i'm trying to chase a goat because we can't wrangle him on a scene anyway <laughs> might as well embrace it and and I, you'd be surprised how many fans have said i love that scene because it just started me yes. so excited to start the movie and my my three for those I go all in my heart. The first one is my fave, and then the second is the wedding, and the third is the second one. The second one, um, I thought that one we might, we probably could have thought that one out a little better, but we didn't do two and three back to back. I do love the wedding, and, and obviously our dear friend Ed Asner passed, and he was such a funny, funny man. But, oh man, yeah. Ed Asner's been one of my heroes for a long time because I've uh, I'm like really politically engaged with the death penalty stuff. And uh, he's been oh, like yeah. an advocate against the death penalty since like the 70s. So like, I love seeing him and stuff and love, love him, loved him. He's great. Sad I mean, that scene, scene that scene in him and I on the bench in the third, the third oh. uh, just sitting there talking like my mom, my mom was a huge Ed Asner fan from back in the day. I mean, he's won nine Emmys and he's a, he's a legend. And he is. He when is. she watched that scene, she, my parents are very uh, reserved <laughs> with compliments. I, I don't think they would ever say you've made it or whatever, you know. But my mom was like, "Well, you know, I really like that movie." And well, you work with that ass or so. Well, you made it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Thanks, mom. So that was like huge. That's, yeah, he, he was he deal. was a wonderful man. He was he was a he was an yeah. old Hollywood legend. He's like the old guard. I mean. Very funny story, and I'll and I'll let you go on this, or you can let me go, or whatever. But this is not a not a. I don't want to. Anyway, we're on a plane going back from shooting all of my heart, the third one, or maybe it was the second one, and uh, you know how people can go in first with babies, or they're military, or maybe they're you know disabled, or they can't, they need help. And he was kind of walking, get his assistant, which was his daughter. And he was walking. He wasn't walking well, so we went on first. And I showed up, and I almost got on late. I almost missed the flight. So I got on the plane. I saw him and I was sitting right right in front of him. Well, from the time that I got there that he went on, it might have been, I don't know, maybe an hour, 45 minutes before we ended up taking off. And I get in there and he's got all of the first class passengers standing up laughing. Every oh. one of them. And I'm like, Ed, what's going on? And he's got a little maker's 
alcohol makers drink on his thing and everybody's having a glass of champagne and he's cracking jokes oh and my I'm god and the wait the stewardesses are laughing and i just went that's why you're a legend man like oh, yeah. he had that's everybody so in cool. stitches that's the last time i saw him last time i saw him um, so he was, an yeah, he was dude. amazing there's also um there's just such a great cast in those in those films there's the guy who plays tommy oh yeah um, and i talk about him during the draft when the movie is played and i was like this dude, this dude is in the X-Men movies, guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, and your your IMDB is ridiculous. Like when you look at your profile and your portfolio, it is everywhere. You have feature films, TV series, episodes, I mean everything. So okay. um, yeah, for everybody a, that's I'm very very lucky, very blessed. Yeah, well, well deserved, hard earned. I can't Thank you enough for joining us here and playing along with our, you know, yeah, our, our rankings. Um, I will be posting everybody's individual top 10 lists in Instagram. So you can actually see a lot of the movies that um, that people chose that didn't get played or um, didn't or, or that got vetoed. But um, honestly, you're just a good human, a great sport. Yeah. And we can't wait to see more of you on Hallmark or anywhere else. Thanks, ladies. This was a lot of fun. Anytime. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Have a good day, everybody. Brian Bye, and Jenny, get a baby. Get a baby with you and Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, this was fantastic. Did you have fun? <laughs> Yay. I was just saying that. I was saying that. Because uh, yeah, you were talking about it earlier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Have a great weekend. Thank Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Isn't that awesome? Hallmark Movie Drafts is produced by me, Lynn Austin, with additional creative and research support from Aaron Beth Cermak and Catherine Baca. This show would not be possible without the dedicated and talented Deck the Hallmark podcast double-deckers who share their passionate opinions on these Hallmark movies that we love, or maybe not love, so much. Intro and outro music is courtesy of Amada Zabana. If you love this pod, please leave a five-star review. It helps other Hallmark movie fans to find us and join in on the shenanigans. Be sure to follow the show at Hallmark Movie Drafts on Instagram.